That was somebody, I only saw him smile once, and it was when he threw a blonde down the stairs. <laughs> that was somebody who, when he was fired, I was very happy. And when I heard he was homeless, which may or may not be true, I was even more happy. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody claims they saw him near a, uh, a liquor store looking like sitting disheveled. on the ground looking looking disheveled yeah. his retirement plan was like bizarre it was like to move to montana and live in like rich hall's house or something yeah it was really weird but he did save a lot of money by stealing Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening? Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Guess who I am? Wrong. I'm Ari Shafir. Um, on today's episode, I have my friend David Taylor. Uh, you might remember him from what episode was it? It was um, it was episode forty-three. Wow, he hasn't been on for a long time. Software millionaire. It was a good episode, actually. That was a real good episode. And then we talked... Uh, <laughs> for someone who made a lot of money in software, we spent a large portion of that podcast talking about um, prison rape. Um, so check that out if you want some backstory. <laughs> There's no backstory. Uh, David's just been cooking a lot uh, for the last few years. He's been making new dishes and stuff. And so we talked about cooking, what it's like not to be a chef, but to be you know, an amateur chef. Um... So, fun episode. I did it while I was shooting. Uh, the in the week of shooting, this is not happening. Those storyteller shows, those went off great. Six great shows. It's going to end up being eight episodes on TV and some extra internet only uh, clips. All the stories are going to be uh, you know complete and unedited uh, on YouTube um and on tv they'll either be slightly edited or they'll have a commercial in the middle for those you know for commercial breaks but they're all done so it was a fun week and i managed to do a podcast while i was doing it because otherwise i'd be out of podcasts um uh what was i gonna say oh so um uh, just quick announcement, and then we'll start the episode. If you guys, I, I don't know if you know this, but I do a different tour shirt every year. I don't do a, a t-shirt design with some saying off, off one of my bits, you know, like a joke t-shirt, t-shirt, t-shirt. Um, I do a tour shirt. It's inspired by the Flaming Lips and by, um, and by mostly by Iron Maiden. I'm not the biggest Iron Maiden fan, but they do a different tour shirt every year, and they never repeat it. Um, so I like that. And what I do is I put it out to fans. A lot of you guys are artists. And if you want to come up with a design, um, I'm taking submissions for my 2014 tour shirt. Um, if I use it, I'll give you 500 bucks. You know, I'm all about paying everybody for, for stuff that brings in money. Um, and that's it. You know, I have fans do the cover art for, for, for these podcasts too. These are all free, the podcast. So I don't feel bad asking someone to do it for free also it takes about uh two and a half minutes for someone to do a cool photoshop and it would take me 10 hours um so if you have a submission uh you know i I don't like to limit any artists in terms of like what what you do so anything anything i mean you can look at old tour shirts on on the website com, on the merch section uh 
Um, yeah, check there. Also, use my Amazon link. If you're going, if you're using Amazon, go to arithegreat.com and right under my tour dates on the right is an Amazon link. Click on that. Takes you to Amazon. Do your regular Amazon shopping, and then I get some cash back from them. Um, that's the only sponsor I have right now. So, yeah, help me out with that. <laughs> uh, let's do it, you guys. Let's start the episode. Um, I'm going to Copenhagen in fucking in like six hours with with Bobby Kelly. I'm so excited. Then I'm gonna see my brother, and then London, and then Dayton, Ohio. San Diego, California, and Appleton, Wisconsin, to get ready for my special on October 29th, and then the Maui Comedy Festival to relax afterwards. Um, check my site, arithegreat.com, for tickets for any of those dates. If you're coming in San Diego, uh, if you were there when I did my hour at the Comedy Store in La Jolla about six months ago, it's going to be the same material. So either don't come or... If you're really high, you can come because you'll forget it all. But otherwise, don't come. Um, and if you're coming to my special taping, also don't come to that. But otherwise, please do come. It's at the American Comedy Company. Um, all right, you guys. That's it. Let's start the episode. Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank. Episode 185. Kiss the Cook with David Taylor. Here we go. One of my favorite songs from college. I need some time, so time along with the crow. Yeah, to do the stupid things that we used to do. Upon this, she slapped me with the fire pan. Y'all, this is love. Not gonna leave it. My baby got sauce. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. Nah, she ain't that sweet, see. Okay. We're discussing how to make the roast battle work on television. I think it's doable, but I think it involves a lot less. I don't think you can just change the area that it's in. Absolutely. I don't think people can keep to it this. at midnight. You got to keep it at midnight. They're all working on their fucking acts, they're all going up somewhere. Absolutely. So you got to keep it at midnight somewhere. And what's going to shoot at midnight somewhere? Location and they all time hang out at the comedy problems. store for the two hours beforehand. They're all hanging out at the comedy store. They're not hanging out at the store that much beforehand, but they're there for two hours beforehand. There's Actually, open mic night before. It gets pretty. It's pretty empty, and then it magically fills up right around eleven, eleven thirty. The belly room does, but the belly. store itself. I'm saying people are out there. The, the store, store itself is not full. At, like ten, at a, go to at eleven at eleven fifteen. It's already getting full. The patio's getting packed. That would work like that at a taping. No. Where are they going to hang out? They hang out at the patio bar at the store. I don't think that's no, an that insurmountable kind of hurdle. They get something lost. No, you got to do it in the belly room. You can't just do it somewhere else. I think they. Well, I would be for them do it in the belly can't room. Can't even move fucking record stores to other places and expect them to work. Well, then why not just do it in the belly room? Besides our, well, you uh, have to do it in the belly room. I'm saying most people don't want to do it in the belly room. Why would they not want to do it in the belly room? Too small. It's too hard for them to tape. I don't think there's another way to do it. I think you have to figure that out. Anyway, let's start the episode. No one knows what we're talking about. That's the problem with the roast battle. Yeah. The target audience <laughs> Basically, is comedians. We've come up with the fundamental problem of the roast battle. Even discussing it, nobody knows what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, David Taylor, so you live as a slob. No. That is true. That is absolutely How long have you lived like such a slob? Uh, the moment I moved out of my home. 
my home in Florida. Your mom's house? My mom's house, yes, is uh, Big Mama's house, is mm-hmm. incredibly clean, antiseptic to like a hospital level, where uh, there uh, are, you can't wear shoes in the house. Yeah. You have to change your socks when you get in the house. Everything is incredibly, incredibly clean. And uh, so I thought, man, the first moment I, the first chance I get, I'm living like a disgusting slob. And I have held true to that promise. <laughs> my mom and dad used to have this thing where I'd have to, they did the laundry. My mom would do the laundry. Yeah. But we'd have to fold it. We could just throw it down there. Yeah. She would do it all and throw it on the laundry table. And it was up to us to fold and bring it back to our rooms, which is a fair bargain. They both had jobs. Totally fair, yeah. We just wouldn't do it. We would just go down there and grab a shirt or yeah, grab a pair of That's how socks. I do it. Yeah. I have my, all my laundry on my table. So right eventually now. my mom was like, Nah, you got to do something. And so he was like, Guys, you got to take your stuff. We're like, Okay, we will. And then we just didn't. And then after a while, he goes, Guys, if you don't take your stuff, I'm moving it all to the garage. I'm putting all this fucking clean laundry in the garage. And then he put out a sheet in the garage, just threw it all in the garage. And then for the rest of your life, did you guys just grab your clothes off the sheet in the garage? For, the, for a year until they realized their tactic wasn't <laughs> going to work. We were just grow- it was just a little bit more uncomfortable to grab a Not much more, though. No, you just had- but if you're grabbing socks, it's tough to step on that cement. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. No, not much. Not much. Not, much. not <laughs> enough different to make us fold the laundry. Yeah. No, in retrospect, my mother was incredible because she had a job, too. She did the laundry. She folded the laundry. And you sort of, you know, as Why a child. Why would anyone have what? kids? What? Why would anyone have kids? Uh, a separate a question. job and all this stuff to do. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. If stay-at-home mom is a real job and you, ha- then, and you also have a real job, there's no way. Oh, she was amazing. You can't have, two, you can't have 16 hours with a job. Oh, it was, it was really incredible. And yeah, and she's told me several times before she said, you know, I never wanted to have kids. <laughs> I thought, well, <laughs> good for you. Uh, I know my parents, neither one of them wanted to have kids, but somehow they ended with children. Do your parents ever tell you if they wanted kids? I think they did. You think so? But well, have they ever told you? Like my mom has said, your father didn't want kids. And I said, well, that's one thing we have in common. They have four. Yeah. And my dad you know, had a kid with someone else before. What? My dad has a kid with someone else before. Oh, that's a big difference. Yeah. Then your mom was into children if yeah. she was willing to raise somebody else's. No, she didn't raise that one. That one oh, the, really? The other mom got it. Oh, okay. I guess. But she was still in play. She was like willing to date somebody with children. Yeah. Yeah, at first she wouldn't date my father because they met in New York. She thought he was a Puerto Rican. She had never heard that Israeli Romanian accent. So she thought he was poor. How long did it like, take I for him to convince her that he, he was kept not- trying? I guess I don't know how he convinced her. Other than what he write down is like, well, and how would he know that that's the reason? If she goes, no, I'm sorry, I don't date Puerto Ricans. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> she would have had to say that. Yeah. Instead of, oh, no, that's okay. Thank what you. I understand is he was in her orbit enough that he asked her out repeatedly. Apparently, we're saying this is not just one day he asked her out, but you're saying over a period of time. Yeah, she might have day. worked at an eyeglasses factory or something. I don't know. Okay, already a very Israeli job, and he's showing up, yeah. and she doesn't think – it seems like she would know. Yeah, I don't know. i got to ask more details. Also, this. this is another thing, too, is – does your father look anything like you? Because nobody would ever suspect you were anything. Well, I was from Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. So I think she didn't even understand what anything. Most ethnic they had was like black. Your mom is Jewish, though, right? Yeah. Okay. So your mom would be able to. My point pre-Mexicans. All right. My point Georgia. is, this. do you look like your father? Because there is not an ethnicity alive that wouldn't recognize you as a Jew. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's a lot of what. Am- so a just- lot of people in the South have never seen one before. Yes, they have as stereotypes, and you look like them. my dad's. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, here's the thing. Uh, they've seen enough to like, for example. He doesn't I, have the curly hair. Well, maybe that's what it is. Because people in the South have definitely seen the picture, like a little cartoon of a hook-nosed dude carrying a bag of money. You know? <laughs> yeah. They've seen it. Yeah. Where are your horns? You're in it, Jew. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, how long did it take your dad to win over your mom? I don't know. I don't really know the whole story. Really? Yeah. I think I got her like a like a, like a rock, whatever that place How old was your mom when your dad and her got married? 14. It was the South. It was a different time. You just told, wait. She was on a class trip. Wait, they met when what? She was on a class trip to New York. And she was how old? 14. There's not when they got married, though. He just asked her out then. Okay. How old was he? <laughs> he was, I don't know. It was after the Israeli army. So This sounds like Elvis and Priscilla. 26, 27. He was 27. And no, she no, no. He had already been married. So maybe like, oh, I know. I can do it. Hold on. Four years before I was born, they got married. So he's like, uh, he was like mid-30s, I think. And she was how old again? 14. (laughs) Um, (laughs) David, that's not real. She was living in New York. How old was she? I don't know. I don't know. My mom was like 33, 34. So by that time, you're just willing to say, okay, fine, let's just do it. Settle. Hello. Um, Do you think anyone who gets married after 30 is kind of settling? You know, yes. If you ever read the New York Times vows column, have I told you about this? Vows column? The vows column in the New York Times. It's fucking fascinating. It's The vows column is, they have like a one story about a married couple, and then they'll have a sequence of pictures with a one paragraph description of each married couple. And it yeah. is fascinating you can look and tell you'll see like every week it's, it's basically jewish people in new york get married <laughs> yeah. and every week you will see no one else will put it in the newspaper yeah people will but for just that's the way it is Very new york rare. times i think yeah. that's where who's connected two or three a, a week you'll see this where it's like a girl who's not bad looking and a dude who looks like a genetic car wreck and you're like how did that happen invariably the woman is 34 35 years old that is the peak of settling uh-huh. Because before then they think maybe I can get somebody else, maybe I can get somebody else, and then after that they think, well, fuck it, there are no more kids. I don't care. I'm just going to do something else. Thirty four is like the last train to Childville. <laughs> yeah, thirty four. Yeah, about right. right. That's the peak time when they're like, and that's when you, that's the exact. You could graph it on a map, like the graph of settling. So people who get yeah, married, they get married in February. They're getting they're getting yeah. knocked up before the absolutely. Year is over. Absolutely. Like my parents got married New Year's Eve and I was born October 21st, which I realize is pretty close. October 24th. What was October 1st? Would that be? October 21st. It's like 40 weeks is gestation period for a human. So it's pretty close. I'm not sure exactly uh, what the timing is on that, but I'm saying like nine months is is October, right? But it's not exactly nine months. I think it's 40 weeks. But yeah, it's. Yeah. You must have got knocked up with you like on the honeymoon. Real fast. And my mom, my dad was married twice for my mom and no kids. So once he had, they had me. They were both was he starting to think he was imper- in, in, uh, in infertile? Infertile. <laughs> impertinent? No. Uh, impertinent. <laughs> I don't think he was. I think uh, for whatever reason, his wives were just not, that just wasn't happening. But then mom happened and then he had, they had me and then it's like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. So then they had Matthew. Do you think I'm starting to think that I'm infertile? Impertinent? Excuse me. You know, I think you hope you're infertile, yeah, but uh, you know, the weird thing about marijuana is that it's it they, it's they reputed say. to make people less fertile. But all the, all the really good dads I've known have been stoners. Oh no! You know, think yeah. about Galern is like the world's best dad, high as a kite. He just gets real high. He doesn't smoke as much though. 
He has no tolerance. Is so that like, true? When I used to get high at the store, like when I was a door guy. Yeah, I'd be sitting there in the front, like unable to. This is when I when I started like seven. If I got high at like eight, I'd be in the front at like one, going, "Get out of me! Get out of me!" Like I can't drive home, having to figure out a way home. And then sometimes I'd be high the next day. Really? Yeah. Like I just had no tolerance. But now. Now, you know, it's, it's like, people it are like, are you high? Blood. Did you just get high? I'm like, well, that was 45 minutes ago. Yeah. So, um, so I guess I'm saying doesn't get high that much. He just you don't gets think he way does? high. Yeah, he gets I, high plenty, but like, not like one or two hits is enough for him. Oh, okay. I don't think he smokes enough pot to you know, have it's an, an effect. It's an interesting day. thing. Like, I see him as like a cartoon stoner, but you being like the next level stoner yeah. where you're using it as medication to live it's like the people who think green day is punk exactly exactly <laughs> like, like no, no man <laughs> he's not punk at all yeah he's just accessible is malibu beach house is that what <laughs> punk rock is uh they used to be punk I they think. sort of did I, kerplunk remember kerplunk was that, that the one before uh was the black and white album which one was the you know i and then that 10,000 smoothed out slappy hours, whatever that, that one was. What My that one favorite was? band from that scene was the Mr. T experience. That was the one I really liked. They had a Papa the Sailor Man uh, um, remake. Who? I think Mr. T experience. I don't remember that. I just remember uh, like a couple of their hits. Taping up my heart, that was really good. I Taping don't up my heart, yes, that's the one song I remember. They were Taping re- up my heart, yes. Is that for uh, to, to get back with some girl or whatever? Uh, yeah, I think it was that the per- the girl had uh, had hurt him badly. David, yes. I'm gonna get my notebook so I can write this down. But I would like you to, while I'm gone to explain why your fly is not only unzipped but seemingly broken. Now bo- go, you go. Maybe because it is broken. I it's hot as can be, man. It's like 110 degrees. So I thought I got to get some shorts, but these were the only pair that I could find. I thought, well, my uh, this is the pair that's uh, the fly does not work. But I thought, you know, it's a podcast, and it's Ari's podcast. I can just wear a pair of shorts with tor- you know. Good reasoning, if that were true. Follow up question. Yes. Did you not wear? Jeans with holes directly through the crotch during absolutely. the pitch meeting that we absolutely. had. Yes, I did. So perhaps your answer of it's not important enough to it's only a podcast well, in that case, not, doesn't in that- ring true completely because you've shown <laughs> a history. I like how, by the way, your solution is saying, you know, David's wearing uh, jeans with holes in the crotch. This important pitch meeting was not don't call attention to it. It was call attention to it. By the way, at the end. At the end, and I make a big point here. I was not pointed towards our pitcher, Pitchy. I was uh-huh. pointed towards you. I was looking at it the whole time. <laughs> fucking slob. You're a slob. That is true. Mr. Uh, T experience. As I recall, that was uh, one of our many meetings with Jewish girls, so she was just enthralled by you. David, tell them your theory about me and Jewish girls. Here's the deal. Um, Ari, you... Uh, well, can I just tell... We were, we were at one... We were pitching... Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was it was HBO, and I noticed something about uh, this is the first pitch meeting we had done where the woman was looking at me even a little more than she was looking at you, and she was almost treating me like a like a performer. She said something about me being in the thing, and I was like, "That's weird. What's different?" Yeah. And she's she's not looking at you as much. She's looking at me, and I'm like, "What the hell?" These other pitch meetings you've seen them look. Oh yeah, at- every pitch meeting they're looking at you. Amazon woman looked at you like you were a movie star. Like <laughs> she was she was drooling like uh, like a Looney Tunes in the desert where they're really hungry. So she's looking at me, and I'm like, what the hell is the difference? Why is she looking at me? Why she? And then I realize, oh, my God, this is the first pitch meeting we had with a Gentile. Yeah. And 
it's you have this incredible, incredible skill, a superpower to enthrall Jewish women. Uh, remember, we were at the improv. We were hanging at the improv one night. This is when we were like second or third year comics, standing outside, and some woman walks by, blonde girl, cute, gives you the eye, keeps walking, and three or four steps later, I say, "Excuse me, um, are you Jewish?" To the woman, and she said, "Oh my God, how did you know? Nobody can tell." I said, "Oh, I, I had an inkling." You have a tell. Yes, that's how. So, uh, yes, you're. Uh, it's an incredible, incredible skill. Yeah, Jewish girls are drawn to me. You know, and it's. Uh, it's lucky for you that they happen to run the industry that you're in. That so, I guess is lucky in some, some regard. In some regard, yes. Like I, uh, I, I would say that, I mean, it's, it's a great My manager is a Jewish girl. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think My that. manager that's why doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, My manager is imaginary. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, you have a real, uh, a real skill with them. And then also, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's a, a great thing to have. But, I mean, it was weird. Like, the one from Amazon where it's all about you. Your last manager, I hooked up with their Jew assistant. Uh, which one was my – oh, yes. Don't well, that's my second to last manager. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's a, weird, it's a weird power with me. I don't I – don't and the weird thing is I was always really disgusted by Jewish girls for the longest time. Just not attracted to them at all until lately. Well, it's good to see you're getting like over a, your a self-hate. Well, Yeah. What, maybe what do you what like? Is. Maybe I'm getting over my self hatred. You know, everybody in, in Jew, Gentile, everyone eventually comes back to what they were. Yeah, a lot of Jewish guys end up dating black chicks, though. I think it's the I don't one know what thing that they about. couldn't do, and it was like the most. But you know, the weird thing I, that you're absolutely right about that. But it's sh- the I most off limits. No, black chicks are essentially off limits to everybody. Yeah. Is it really explicit in the Jewish culture where they're like no black ever or what? What's I don't that know. about? I mean, I know when, when Jewish people. Like when Christians sort of like become less religious, it's not really a it's not really a thing that Christianity has to worry about. But when Jews become less religious, they're like leaving a, a thing. They don't just oh, go to church. Oh, I less. see your point. You know I mean? So they're they're they're, they're, make, they're having new lifestyle choices. Well, also like eating new food. Jews stay religious too because it's like if you go away, then our culture yeah. dies. Please. I don't know what it is because even the Jewish, even religious Jewish guys. I saw a religious Jewish guy in Montreal dropping off a, black, a fat black hooker out of his car. He had the payas <laughs> and the fucking hat and everything. Uh, Montreal so seems like a place like a, for that. He looks like a rabbi, but he's not a rabbi. He's just dressed as a religious person. So but going it looks to- like a priest almost would be dropping her off. But the equivalent's not the same. He just goes to, to shul a lot. Yeah, I don't. So is it like was he a Lubavitcher or what? I don't pronunciation of Israeli. Well, the reason is that I was uh, I lived in Squirrel Hill in what Pittsburgh. What do you call? What do you? Yeah, what's Squirrel Hill? Squirrel Hill is where Reformed Judaism was formed. Oh, uh, it's, oh, really? It's like the second most Reformed. Jewish area in uh, in America. Reformed is like guys. Enough. The temple's not getting back. Let's discuss some shit that clearly needs updating. But it, it's so Squirrel Hill is this incredibly Jewish region of Pittsburgh where they have billboards that say Moshiach is coming. Mashiach. Mashiach. Hey, man. Mashiach is coming. I don't pronounce all you know. It's all dudes in fucking Mashiach. Mashiach. Stovepipe hats. You know that section of La Brea where uh, you almost look like you're going to run over Jews? Yeah. Because they're constantly going through, back and forth. They're like cicadas, man. They're like cicadas. Imagine that section as a chunk of a city, and that yeah. is Squirrel Hill. Wow. But your your pronunciations are you terrible. Sure knowledge of it, but like you've read it once, like no. you crammed for a test. Well, no, it's one of those things where people go Lubavitch. You're like, oh, Lubavitch. I Lubavitch. Somebody, uh, my Lubavitcha. apologies, Lubavitch. What do you call Benji's sister? 
Oh, half sister. I call half-sister. her uh, a cheat baby. No, what do you call her? Oh, Yale. Yael. Hey, dude, um, what do you mean half sister? Oh no wonder, no, dude. Benji's right. five she's foot fucking six, six inches taller and than she's him. She's six feet tall, <laughs> and the only time they ever look alike is when they're discussing their lust for Gentiles. Yeah, but other than that, that is an absolute half baby. Oh my god, you're right. Also, look at the family. The father is not the most loyal. Yeah. Wait, but that. But I mean, it came out of whose belly though? Oh, the mom's belly. Absolutely. I think my theory is that she the cheated mom too. Yeah. You don't have just one cheating. Do you think the dad made her fuck somebody to and then like and then like uh, cuckolded himself because he's into that crazy shit? Uh, Benji definitely. You know, it's funny genetically. If there ever was somebody who could do cuckold porn, it would be Benji. So I can see his father being the same. Oh, come on. And remember, oh, why it, God, that, that. Make, that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. The dad would also be sexually attracted to a woman who isn't faithful. Yeah, that makes so much. Anyway, Yale is uh, no. also she's like really, she's, and she's sure of herself. Oh yes, yeah, she's, totally she's not. the most confident person in the family. She went off and started her own thing. She's tall. She's really cool. The one thing she's not sure about is she needs to ease up on the uh, on the old Botox. Other than that, though, she looks great. <laughs> we nobody knows what you're talking about. Um, we went into her store. Me and Jeff and uh, and Sarah and uh, and Benji. Okay, in yeah. New York, and. Uh, there was some girl working there, and Silverman was getting some some clothes or whatever. We we're like, no, we don't mind waiting because it was a girl. She had one of those those you know those low cut cleavage shirts, but yeah. like taped, uh-huh. so you can see like from angles. And we were just like, the, we were just like Tom Hanks and big man. That's the funny like, thing. Uh, Yale uh, also uh. Yale has the confidence. She has like lots of smoking hot model friends. Yeah, uh, you know it, it's weird because you know she has enough confidence to have those friends she's not the girl who has to be the pretty one yeah but like when you see oh yeah it's like that perky small side cleavage type book oh or yeah inner it's, cleavage. it's great it's great all right we're, we've gotten off subject this is a good enough introduction anyway is this the introduction no it's just like the get loose portion okay. sometimes i have <laughs> i think that's where we discussed the the spr.org last time we did at the end i think oh, we did at the end at the end oh, yeah. we meander at the Trust end me, it all gets to the the meanders happen all the time um I want to talk to you about cooking a little bit because my reason for asking you like you live like a slob is because somehow despite your slovenliness and it's not just clutter like I have. Oh no, it's, it's it used to be here, clutter. Place. When I was starting out as a, a independent liver, it was clutter and then I moved straight into unhealthy. Yeah. How did you get to, I'm not going to leave, uh, you know, cheesy uh, Burger King wrappers in here to, I'm going to leave cheesy Burger King wrappers in my here. My friend Tableman. He was grosser than you. Tableman um, is at a level. Tableman once had in uh, his where he lived, they uh, the landlord left a letter saying the health department has complained about your apartment. The Pittsburgh Health Department has complained because Tableman was the type of guy when working at work. At work, he once left a box of Chinese food out for two months. Really? You think I'm exaggerating? I'm not. He left out? it out on his desk for two months. Wow. It was incredible. The smell. Yeah. When, uh, um, the mold. For me, the, the big change with knowing Tableman, also, I, when I lived in Pittsburgh, I had a, a really great two-bedroom place. It was incredible. And for some reason, I, I, my, my sink didn't have a disposal, and I didn't think, oh, yeah, you can just get one put in. That took me years to figure that out. So hmm. I, uh, for, for the, I was there for a year and a half. I had like two inches of black food in the sink. And then I was also trying to make wine by leaving grapes in an igloo cooler. What? Which it only makes maggots, as it turns oh. out. I figure if you leave grapes in a cooler, make wine. That's what they do. That's uh, not what they do. 
Yeah. Smash them down. Well, it turns out you're right. So it was, I had a maggot filled cooler. And what was great too is people would come into the building. They'd be like, what's that smell? And I'm like, ah, it's the neighbor. And I lived three floors up. And when they got in the place, they were like, oh my God. But what's nice is humans have, uh, the way it works for humans is that smell is one of those senses that you adapt to things very quickly. So, I didn't spell it, but everybody else did. <laughs> yeah. It's like farting in yeah, marijuana. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. oh, it smells horrible. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, You're like, okay, they just made it up then. Yeah. That's exactly. what it is. As soon as you open your car door, they just made up. Multiple people have just made up. Yeah, that worries like you sometimes. You're like, oh, I don't know if this is. Yeah. It's very weird how your own farts. But if you do leave a bathroom, then come back in, like after you shit, come back in like two minutes later, it's like, ugh. Yeah, but then instantly you go, click, yeah, click. You just get right. Yeah. It's one you used to. I too. think it's because. Dude, look at that. 94. That's all? It snowed in Calgary last week. Yeah, but it's fucking Canada, man. It's not that, it's not that north. You say that, but... How, it's it was got, 80 two days before. Honestly, how yeah. far north is it? I don't know. Very. It's not like Saskatoon north. Some of the west coast, too, because Seattle doesn't get that cold, and it's no, way no, north. No, no, it's west. It's Pittsburgh. It's west west coast always stay yeah. um, moderate. So Pittsburgh is uh, probably further south than Seattle. Like it's cold really? as fuck. Yeah. Oof. It's only halfway up. Um, but in this disgustingness with yeah. Tableman, used to, at Tableman's house, you used to sleep on a fucking pile of dirty laundry. Yeah. You would just put, push them all together on the floor. I had an air mattress, but it kept deflating, so I'd put just sleep you on You just went laundry. for the dirty laundry. Yeah. And so then when you wore something and you're like, cool, now <laughs> sleep is going to be a little exactly, bit softer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I once, when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, had a had wood floors, and I uh, was dating a girl, and we got in a fight, so I told her, I, I'm not sleeping in your place, because... I, I, you know, I had my own place, so I, yeah. I made sure to burn the bridge the night before that I, ha- I had to go into my place. So I burned the bridge, and then I go to my place, and I realize the night as I'm laying down, oh yeah, I have wood floors and no mattress. Oh. So I go back to her place to try to kiss her ass to get back, but she's not having it. She's like, no? No. She wouldn't acknowledge my rocks at the window. So I had to walk around Pittsburgh for two miles at three in the morning trying to find a mattress to sleep on. So I eventually found a chunk of foam in somebody's trash. What? Carried it like two miles, walked out, laid on the floor, and I slept on that for six months. <laughs> six months. It was just that night fix? I kept waiting for something to hatch out of it, and it was great. Never did? Never did. Totally fine. Wow. That's I adapt. Disgusting. But that's how cockroaches talk. That's yeah, what they exactly, and that's why they will be Ow. here after nuclear war. Yeah, yeah, probably. Adaptation. It's um, the meaning of life. So in this disgustingness, somehow you've started to get an amateur cooking situation going. You know, my, my friend Scott is really good at cooking, and I've just picked up a few tricks from him. From him? But you've yes. gotten into it. Yeah, of course. No, do you keep your kitchen clean in any way? No. No, not no. at all. It seems like every time we cook over there, we're washing something. Oh, absolutely. It. You might say, David, you must food poison yourself constantly. The answer is not as much as you think. <laughs> uh, the, I've vomited three times in the last couple of years, and in each case, it's been from somebody else's food. Twice from oysters are really nice places, and once from a pizza place in Los Feliz that knocked me out for a good day. Do you ever barf on that, on that boat? No, I didn't. I came close, though. We were, Ari and I went, we went to Alaska. And uh, we, they took us out out in the water. Neither of us are outdoorsmen, but we love that trip. I mean, my you love second, it? Oh, it was my second trip to Alaska. First one was with wheels. Oh, my first one was with Stephen Pearl, so it was awful. Oh, the yeah. second one was incredible. This was so much fun. They took us out what in the water. What did we do with the woodshed? The shed. It the was, shed. A, it was a, uh, a karaoke bar on 4th Street that I think has since gone out of business. Oh, really? I, I walked past so. it 
but I, I walked like underneath. Really? I didn't think to walk up because I was walking along the. the oh coast yeah, there. yeah. But um, they yeah. Took- and then upstairs used to be a sort of like a, a brothel or an abortion place. And no, abortions what, were the comedy store. A brothel was the. Oh, okay, and that's where they they put us up. up yeah, I mean, think about brothels must have done booming business in Alaska. Hell, they uh-huh. still probably do. So the, we went out. They took us out in the water to fish, and we fished for salmon. And halibut, although as I recall, the halibut didn't happen, but they gave us they gave us the halibut. Yeah, anyway. we couldn't because it was a little windy, so we yeah. couldn't get the line to cast all the way to the bottom. So he's like, yeah, "That's happen. exactly." But what the salmon, we just incredible. So they kept and he would club him in the head right there, boom, cut, and then cut him open and slice him open, let him bleed out on, in this bottom part of the boat. So it, it, he says, "Hey, God, this, these are women. These are female fish. You want some eggs?" And you're like, "How do you know they're female fish?" Yeah, and then he was like, "Look, they're eggs. These are these are." And Ari's like, "No, no, no." I'm like, "Did you say salmon eggs? That sounds yeah, delicious." Yeah, you're that, like, "That's caviar, right?" Yeah, it's it's like second level caviar. It's not black beluga, but it's like salmon rose, the orange caviar that's twenty dollars a pound. Yeah, and the guy was like, it's yeah, my this is how it's made raw. I mean, there's it's, no, there's no, this is fresh. You can have it." And he showed us. He took uh-huh. a spoonful and he ate it. And we're like, "Wow!" And you're like, "No," and I'm like, "Oh, I'll." Have I eventually some. tried some. I was like, "More." I'm like, mm. "Yeah." I tried. I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, fresh salmon." And you kept. Like, <laughs> we caught like, another pregnant mm, one. Fish pussy. You clean that one oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> another one came. That was. Oh yeah. Right. That was. And then another one came, and it was. And you would clean that one. I out. kept eating the salmon eggs, and eventually I'm like, I think I'm going to vomit on, on this a boat. Boat in the <laughs> like, sun in 80 degree weather. It's, it's so hot. Choppy We're going waters. Up and down. Up and down. And, and like, do I regret I that at all? On, I didn't even have the crackers with it. The just the thing, caviar. Before the trip, I was so neurotic that I was going to get sick. I might have taken Trimmy, and I thought I'm going to get sick on that boat. And then once you got out there, like, oh, I'm just going to eat. I'm going to eat some more. Oh, it's so great. And we brought a grill to, grill, oh, to yeah. grill burgers. You know, it's funny. They say that boats are holes in the water they throw your money into. And I could see how they'd be expensive. But just once in a while, that was fucking oh, awesome. Man, it was amazing. I couldn't see doing it every weekend, but it was. Where did we great. go? Do you know what like what sound we went out on or, or what that was? No. I, you know, it was like an hour north or something. It was an hour. Yeah, it was an hour drive. Somebody would know if they lived in Alaska where we went. Because I think I asked Mintz and he might have known where we went. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, I don't think they're. It's like a, it's a popular tourist. Did you go to the. Um, did you come with me to, the, um, to EA's um, uh, reindeer sausage place? Or yes. Did, or did we go to the worst reindeer sausage place? I th- we went once to the worst one. I think we went to. I can't. Remember, I remember having. A, uh, it was we so good anyway. You know what I remember about it was the interesting thing for me to la- about Alaska is the summer. Yeah. It's there's like 23 hours of sun, so you go out at like three in the morning and you're walking on the street and it looks like the apocalypse because it's abandoned and it's light. Empty. And this is town center. Yeah, middle of center. And uh, Anchorage isn't even that big. It's weird. You want to go to sleep at like. 11.30 when the show is over. I was like, David, it's fucking bright light out yeah. at midnight. Let's it's go weird. out and walk around. You're like, mm, yeah, okay. Okay. It was yeah, you with- see people stumbling by like Town Square, like, oh, like, yeah. the, like the courthouse, and you realize like, why is that guy, is he like retarded or something? Because it looks like middle yeah. of the day, and then you're like, oh no, he's drunk. He's wasted. They're all wasted. And what's interesting to me is Anchorage is a small town. Like it's, you, you've heard about it, so you think it's big, but it's not big. Yeah. Have you talked to Jessica Singleton about this? No. She grew up in Alaska. In Anchorage? I think it was in Anchorage. I mean, where Anchorage else? has a huge square mile. It's like 700 square miles. Really? But people only live in a small yeah, part. Like it's funny when you go there, they're always like, this is the fucking middle of nowhere. And their response is always like, have you been to Juneau? That's the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, you are five You're hours. You're both middle of nowhere. Yeah. You are way away from civilization. Did I went out in that, on that sand right where, the, right where the shed was? Yeah. And I walked out along the, they had a trail alongside of it. Yeah. I think this is when I was there with wheels because it was like just at the beginning of thaw. Yeah. 
and uh, and I walked out and said, "Don't walk on onto the mud because the mud's all frozen." They lose a, they lose a boat in there every every year too, where it just once the freeze comes, you ain't getting it out. Yeah. And this is mud. The mud freezes over. So it said, you know, do not. So I was like, ah, whatever. I put his foot in. I was like, this is pretty solid. And I walked out a little bit. And, and you could walk out fine. Yeah. yeah. Behind me, like 30 yards behind me, it just caved in. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. And I look around like there's no one there. And I'm like, this sign isn't like, shouldn't do it. It's like, no, no, don't do it because there's, there's a lot of danger here. And I like very carefully I had to kind of run back in. Like a minefield. The yeah. sign also isn't like, it's going to seem like a good idea until you have to come back. There's yeah. that story about Robert Redford wing walking for, uh, what movie was it? Oh, The Great Waldo Pepper. Yeah. He said that he, uh, and this story is so unbelievable. It could just be an actor story, you know, they lie. But, but yeah, I, they there is lie. footage of him doing it where he, he was playing a stuntman. So he wing walks. He walks out on the wing as the plane's going. He said he was fine walking out on the wing, but he said... The terrifying part was walking back when oh, he realized how far he was gone. from safety. Oh, and he said that was that was when he started to get really worried. Oh, wow! But he made it back. I don't know how. It seems like it seems unbelievable to me that you would take a multi-million dollar star and put yeah. it up on a plane. Jesus, even if it's just like going twenty miles an hour on the on the road. Yeah, but meanwhile, this guy is in Dude, the air. We just air. had to shoot some things where I had to like drive down a dirt road in an old like sixty-something Thunderbird. Yeah. Down a small dirt road with a cop chasing me, uh-huh. and the director just goes like, "We're doing it a few times, we're catching the sunset, you know." Yeah, and he just goes because uh, they have you know everybody telling him safety, and he goes, "Look, go ten to fifteen miles an hour; it's going to look way faster." And then the director just leans and goes, "Go seriously fast." <laughs> and I was, and I was like, yeah, for real, it doesn't look good. And I was like, "Okay, so I'm going fifty miles an hour on this dirt road." Yeah, and it's like you're skidding a little bit. Oh yeah, these things aren't made for long dirt roads. No, they're not even made for city driving. Absolutely. You think about also driving or yeah, like what am I doing? Anything commercials, driving or riding a. I, I've done. I've driven a car. I've ridden a Vespa. Yeah, uh, it's nerve wracking. Nerve wracking because you're like you're trying to do two things at once. I, my first commercial, that Kia commercial. I had to, if this is the, the the yellow line down the middle. Yep. They wanted the director. Had his camera right here. Oh yeah, and his you, eye right into it, and I was supposed to drive as close to that yellow just line don't as possible. Hit him. Yeah, and I was like, "What do you?" And the first time, I was like, "That's not even close." You're like two feet away, and I was like, <laughs> "You want me to cut it closer than that?" It's unbelievable. Also, it's like I'm a bad driver. Yeah, get a stunt man, man. Yeah, this is not good. Yeah, I'm a bad regular driver. Um, so in this slovenliness, you managed to learn how to cook a little bit. Yeah, well, it's not tough. You've taken sort of a joy in it. Is this like a hobby for you? Well, it's it's look. Here's the deal. I don't have money. No, you don't. I don't have a woman who's going to cook for me. Mm, certainly so, do not. Even yeah. when you had that woman, she ain't going to cook for no, you. No, absolutely. Well, it is like there's two types of women. You know, yeah. there's the women that will do stuff for you, and she'd call a caterer for you if you had enough money. She would order oh, the right absolutely. caterer. She did make one meal. It was really good. But well, what did she make? Fruit Loops. The Maldives. It was like. By the way, I know I pronounced that too. It was a really good lamb, like stuffed, like uh, lamb stuffed. In, in, Grape leaves stuffed with lamb, Greek dish with tomatoes. It was like her one meal. It was she quite Greek? good. No, no. For some reason, that's the one she learned. Wow. Look, everybody has one dish they're good at. We had to make we had to make food in Dorchester. Uh, we had like a flavors of the uh, of the of everywhere international flavors. It was yeah. an international dorm. Uh-huh. I got locked out of housing because I got waitlisted for state school. Oh, you My didn't get thrown so out because you were honest, like your journalism career. That was later, but before I got in. I got waitlisted. So by then, all the housing was locked out. But they said there's an international dorm. You can have a separate application for that. And I was like, well, I lived in Israel. Like, perfect. It'd be great. We had people from all over the world. or some connection to all over the world. Yeah. The ambassador from Jamaica's son was there. 
um, people from Liberia. It was really cool. That just seemed like an interesting way yeah. to live. And we had these Ethiopians. And anyway, we had a taste of the of the. Oh, Ethiopian of, food's incredible. That's incredible. Incredible. So everyone made something. Yep. So I made falafel. Perfect. And they were like, "This is amazing. How do you make this?" And I'm like, "Well." Take the falafel powder, you add the water that it says, then you roll it into a ball, and then you fry it. And I'm like, what's the falafel? How do you make the falafel powder? I'm like, you buy the falafel powder, then you open the box, you know, and then take it Have you had Yusuf's hummus? No, Yusuf makes hummus. It's really good. So I'm like, this is great. I go, how do you do it? He goes, well, you get this canned hummus that's really good. And it was really good. Now, he did do a little extra with it, but it was like, I go, this, he goes, that's how my family makes it. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's just chickpeas. Uh, no, it's, it's chickpeas and also tahini. Really? Yeah, the extra tahini, part. Tahini was separate from hummus. Uh, Sometimes they make a mixture, which I don't mind. It's the, when you make hummus. How much do you like Mahmoud's? Uh, oh, the place next to the cellar? Yeah. Damn good, damn What did we get? Shawarma? No, we got like some meat. They made you got kafta. Yeah, I didn't kept it. Yeah, it was really good. I took, um, I took uh, Nick Yusuf there too. If you make full, uh, hummus by yourself, you get chickpeas, and then also you've got to get the tahini paste and you food process. What's tahini it. paste though? It's like uh, sesame. Sesame tahina. tahina. That's the one. I remember in New York, we were there, and some they had some icy that was sesame flavored. It was like, what the, <laughs> who the fuck thinks mm, sesame? There's a sesame frozen flavored treat. ice drink. <laughs> yeah, but it was, at least it was free. But the problem with that is, if you get sesame flavored icy and it's free, you think, have I been poisoned? Oh yeah, no, it wasn't icy. It was like it was like a, a slushy of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, but you eat it with a spoon. I guess so. Yeah, it's we're all waiting for Mama Fuko's. What? It's where we're. Oh, Mama Fuko's was really good. Yeah, that's right. Sesame. You're like, mm, get, mm, sesame ish. Oh my god, is this like a terrorist? Terror yeah, or something? Do we just eat this? Really? Does he have credentials? Yeah, there's none. There's Who's no that man? Where did he go? Yeah, he's gone, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to have some problems. Yeah, the Momofukas was really good. It was delicious. Yes. A fucking bitch. We were waiting for 40 minutes, and right when I right oh, was supposed to be, and then we there, waited for the waited 40 minutes. another hour. Yeah, but it was worth it. That food was good enough was that good. I don't even remember the way. I just didn't like having the jet right afterwards. I have no worry about it. Or like we didn't uh, have time for dessert. I guess that's true, but honestly, I mean, what was the dessert going to be? I did, go, I did get right to the fuck. It. No, we got oxtail to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Like, what snap. dessert could they have? At a we got to that show right. Okay, open the door. Like, and here he is, Ari Shafir. Yeah, that, I didn't think about it. So I didn't even occur to me, but yeah, we showed up right at the end. New York comedy moves on time. You've really? got to be there. Yeah, it was. It, you show up, and it was like a room in the back of a pizza place. Yeah, and then you went on, and that bar. Was, like, was it, it? It all looks the same to me. Yeah, it yeah, must yeah, have been yeah. A bar. Uh, it was okay. I worked on that the story show? that I'm going to do tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That, was that the Carboni story? I think so, right? It was the Carboni story. Yeah. Yes, it was. It absolutely was a Carboni yeah. story, which I'm yeah. excited about. Yeah, yeah, totes. Um, you can come if you want and hang out in the back and just watch the screen. Can I do that? I just, here's yeah, the problem is I can't yeah, you, but you have to be If you're going to be in the room, you've got to be there. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's like I can't sit still. It's painful. Yeah. yeah. You can't be on your phone either. Oh, no, no. I yeah. wouldn't be on the phone. But yeah, Ren is going to do that show too, I think. Oh, great. Well, that's that's the one to go to then. Yeah. Um, and Big J, I've never seen him. Well, I've seen Big J. I remember I went to New York. Oh yeah, he's really good at storytelling. But uh, anyway, so here's what happened. I yes. I have like no money. Yeah. And oh yeah, back to that. Even when uh, the girl I was dating, look, there are two types of women. There's women that do stuff for you, and women you do stuff for. If you want to date a really hot woman, you yeah. gotta. You're not gonna find do stuff for them. Yeah, it, it's it's you. It, there's there's always a balance in every relationship. She's hot, man. Yes. And there was, there was one time I saw her at the improv. I think you were broken up. I'm not sure. Yeah. But Joan was with her. Yeah. Which she was a, definitely broken up. Yeah. 
And uh, but man, she had one of those shirts where you cut down the middle. Mm-hmm. T-shirts you cut on the middle. Oh yeah. Sometimes they just do a line. Sometimes they go like sort of an, a V, like an a, like a high U. Yeah. That goes down. Like rocker shirts look good that way. And you're just looking at. Her. I was like, Jesus, man. Yeah. She's like hot. You know, when you date a girl like that, you forget to the point where because you're you're on the phone with her and you're like, God damn it, this is you're annoying because you yeah. already have her, so you're used to having. Well, her. it's just also you're fighting because she's a person. You know, yeah. you talk to her like any person. You're like. And then you see her when she comes to the car. You're like, oh, yeah, God, you are really beautiful. And that would happen every single time where she's like, what are you looking at that for? I said, I forget how really hot you are because you're such an asshole. (laughs) But anyway, the point is this. If you want to date a girl who is really pretty, she's not going to do stuff for you. And that's fine because you can do that stuff for yourself. I don't want a girl to cook and clean for me. I'd prefer right. to live like a slob and make my own food. Oh, I would love a girl to cook and clean for no, me. No, I at don't least want clean. That. At least no, clean. No, I don't clean want that me, at definitely. all. I do not want that at all. Not cook for me, but clean. I, you know, it's funny like I just like it feel I just don't like it. Okay. I don't know why that is. Anyway, the point is I realized I got to cook for me. So, um so I started to learn how to cook and uh for me, the big breakthrough was the the sous vide thing. That that I think that you. What can is te- a sous vide? You can teach anybody, and I mean anybody. You could teach a chimpanzee to cook if all you explain was sous viding. And it is uh, explain it's this a bag. Me. The way it works is this: when you put food in an oven, when you put a steak in an oven, right? Yeah. The oven gets to like say three hundred degrees, right? Right. Uh, the air gets to three hundred degrees, and eventually that steak gets to an internal temperature that's safe to eat. You know, for steak, it's like 130 degrees. Okay. If it's 130 degrees inside in the, the middle, very inside. In the very inside. If it's 130 degrees in the inside, all the bacteria in that steak has been killed. Okay. You can eat it. It's going to be great. Okay? okay? Rare is like 130, you know, maybe 140. The point is, the higher the temperature, the more it's cooked. Right. Now, the problem with that is twofold. One is that you, um, the inside is always going to be a little bit more, a little less cooked than the outside because yeah, it takes sure. a while for the heat to get in. And secondly, if you leave it in there for too long, it'll cook too long. Yeah, it'll be dry. So it'll get dry up. It'll get too cooked. What sous vide does is that it, you take that same piece of steak, you put it in a plastic bag, and you drop it in water. And the water is set to a temperature that is how much you, that's the exact temperature you want the inside of the meat to be. So if you want it to be perfectly rare, it's like 130 degrees, you set the water to 130 degrees. What will happen is when that steak is in the water for, you know, for long enough, every, every part of the steak will get to 130 degrees. Never any higher because the water is never higher than 130 degrees, but all the way through 130 degrees. So it's perfectly cooked all the way through. Uh, at exactly the right temperature, and then and then what do you do? But the outside's not cooked enough. Uh, then you take it out and you sear it on the outside. You put it, it in a in a like a frying pan. Or you grill just it to, real quick. Yeah, you just fry Flash it for like fry. a minute to get the the crust on the meat, yeah. and then it's per low crust and then perfectly cooked all the oh, way through. Wow! So uh, the advantage to that is. It's there are multiple advantages to it. One is it makes perfect temperature meat. Secondly, you can do stuff with it you can't do with other things. For example, chuck roast. If you leave it in, if you leave chuck roast and water for 72 hours it comes out it changes it, there's a whole fucking side of explanation that i barely understand it changes into better meat it just does really? it's like magic so Are you leave it in the sous vide for three days yeah three days uh t- well 48 hours usually three days maybe it's 48 hours 30 degrees 48 hours for chuck roast i think about 72 hours 130 for degrees. 130 degrees and then how do you get the flavor on the flavor's already in it you know the flavor is in it you can put stuff you, you can 
you can salt it before you can put stuff in the bag. When I make flank steak, oh, you put stuff beforehand in there. Sometimes, uh-huh. yeah, I, I never do though. I'm I'm pretty lazy. You put like, it when, raw in the bag. Yeah, when you make flank steak, you make it for like ten hours, twelve hours, and the way that works is. You, you marinate it too. So you put all the marinade in the bag with the meat. You seal everything up. You throw oh. it in for however long you're going to cook it, like 12 hours. And then it cooks and marinades at the same time. Wow. And how do you know how long it takes for the inside to reach 130? You know, it doesn't take long for the inside to reach 130, but then it has to cook for a while. Like just for um, – in terms of like – the way it works is this. The best uh, meat to sous vide is – Tougher cuts of meat. Sous vide? How do you sous vide. S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. It means okay. under vacuum or under pressure. I think it's under vacuum. It's under vacuum. Uh, because you vacuum seal it, but only because the only reason to vacuum seal it is that the, any air in the bag keeps the, uh, the temperature from being perfectly uh, transmitted. Oh. I mean, the idea would be to drop the meat itself in the water, but, but then the problem would, is then it would crumble. It comes too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with tougher cuts of meat, you cook them and they become tender. It's not even a matter of getting the temperature there so it's, it's prepared to eat. It's like flank steak is not good if you just cook it. You have to keep it, uh, you know, marinate it for a long time. You have to get it break, let it break down. Oh, Chuck, uh, chuck roast is better if you cook but it. But how do you know how long you have to cook it before it gets to the middle? Like a little piece of thin meat wouldn't take as long. Uh, well, you just know based on different cuts of meat. For example, flank steak, that's a 12-hour operation. That's there. You look online. Everybody's done this. So oh. let's say I have a, a chuck roast. You look online. How do you make it? 130 degrees, 48 hours. Maybe if you want it to be more cooked, it's 140. You know, yeah. but uh, but that's how you do it. If it's a nice cut of meat, like an expensive one, then that's like an hour, maybe two. You know, like a, for like a like filet mignon, that's like an hour. But the sous vide really benefits like really really cheapo cuts of meat what they call butcher's cuts. Butch- okay. Butcher's cuts because they're tough, but there's more flavor. But you make other stuff besides just sous vide, though. The, uh, what do you mean? Yeah, I, I uh, let's see. Sous vide, I make like chicken. How much was sous vide? What? How much was it? I paid 400 bucks for that thing. 400 400 Was it worth it? Yes. Now, that said, there uh, are immersion circulators on the market that are for like 100 now. Wow. Basically, Air circulators, is that what you said? Immersion circulators. Immersion? Circul- immersion. Immersion. Uh, immer- okay. the, basically, the deal is this. All you need is a machine that will keep water at a really exact temperature. temperature. That's all you need. Now, when I was- And a big enough thing to hold your- Yes, but the thing is that you don't- Like, when I was uh, looking for my thing, I bought a sous vide supreme because it was first on the market. It has the container, and the container keeps the temperature. But they had something called like stick immersion circulators where you could just get a bucket of water, and you put the oh. stick in, and then it'll take care of it. Those were like 900 bucks. Now they're like 100 If I were going to go oh. do it now, I would buy the like – Buy the stick. They, have, they sell – there's a Kickstarter thing, 100 bucks. What was that? Like a Novo or something? But it was super cheap, and oh, it's just – Kickstarter. What do you mean Kickstarter? Um, somebody made their own sous vide, and – like it was oh, like they're a trying big, to raise money for a company. They raised money, like but they, that was the one. yeah, the Kickstarter one. And now they're just selling it as a product. But all you need is a like a bucket of water. All you need is a, yeah. a bucket of water and the emergency circulator, and you'll keep the temperature going. Uh, but I've done a uh, like. You ever use a crock pot? You know, I don't use. I use them. I bought you gotta one. Chaunt, man. What? You got to make chaunt. Well, that's the thing. I don't know that that Jewish food that you guys chaunt. What is it? It's like a stew. It's got potatoes and meat that breaks down and and beans. What I find fascinating is the way that uh, well, the logic Jewish. was like you couldn't touch anything electrical for like all day. So you guys threw in the crock pot on Friday and then ate Friday it on af- Sunday? Yeah, Friday afternoon. Ate it sa- no, ate it Saturday day. 
But I, what I think is fascinating is how you guys use technology to avoid technology. What do you mean? Well, the crockpot wasn't around when the no, laws were written. Uh-uh. But somehow you guys, some rabbi somewhere is like, you know what? We're going to cap. That technicality works. The yes, crockpot. already started cooking it, too. You can't cook new food on Shabbat. So you can't, like, make an omelet. Even if the stove is already on, you can, leave, yeah. you can use it if it's already on. But you can't make an egg on it because that's a new food you're making. Yeah, okay. Um, but, it, but if it's already started cooking, you can, like, use it if, so if there's a whole cooking. cuisine that's arisen uh-huh. Jewish cuisine is the cuisine of the crock pot yeah a lot of it what did you guys do before just eat a lot of bread deli, on deli. yeah just deli bread uh, my de- I guess uh, hummus and tahina what's that hummus and tahina hummus yeah, and hummus. Ta- uh, yeah um, I don't know the, the weird pronunciations the ya'al <laughs> yeah that's Israeli pronunciation I guess hummus uh, hummus that's how Nick uses family would say it oh. before they planted a bomb let's go get some hummus <laughs> after this his hummus is really good um yeah but is so it? what's what sort of crock pot you know sandy danto also apparently makes a really really good chunk it, it's not i can't remember what his was like brisket with in like yeah, honey put brisket in there oh really honey honey with oh, there brisket. is sometimes sweet sweet chunk some people make it because different regions have their so what recipes. was what's chon 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 Chunt, spell it? You just like C H O L L E N T. Oh, okay. I'm not going to get anywhere close on that. You barely pronounce the L. Yeah. Chunt. Um, yeah, it's so good. Some people put eggs in there. Some people put chopped up hot dogs. Hot dogs? That's the only people I know to include the that's hot dog in the, the cuisine are the Filipinos. Those are Southern uh, um, Jews. I could see that because the the here's thing about hot that. dogs is they're all fat, so they're going to release a lot of good flavored fat uh-huh. into the. Yeah. The brisket's really good in there. It breaks oh, the brisket down. must be amazing. Brisket sous vide is pretty good, 72 hours. But the problem is that you need uh, brisket is very fatty. And you have to really smoke it. You have to do something to render the fat because if you, cook, if you don't cook it at a high enough temperature, the fat just stays in the, in the meat. Have you ever gotten the brisket from Franklin's in Austin, Texas? No, I hear, I've heard about it. It's I've amazing. heard about it from multiple people. It's amazing. Real, yeah, it's the same look. They ever has the same look. Oh There's certain things that have look. For example, when people from so Chicago good. talk about Chicago, when people talk about deep dish pizza from Chicago, when they talk about brisket from uh, Texas, it's the same look. Like it's like it's like they're describing really good sex, which it's is dangerous. It's good. amazingly good, and you're never going to know oh what God. I went through. Yeah, until you get it. Michael so, Che wrote, had some. He got some delivered to him. In New York? In, no, in Austin. And he was like, it melts in your mouth. And I was like, it does, right? It melts in your mouth? And he's like, yeah, I didn't get it. I've heard about it. I've heard, like, the president went there. The president did go there and cut the line. Yeah, but he's, you know what? If anybody can cut Hard the line. working Americans. <laughs> yeah, that's... No, it's fine. The man's care. If you have a job where everybody's hair goes gray within four years of doing it, you can <laughs> cut the line. Everybody. Jeez. The only one who didn't was Reagan, and he was clearly dying his he's hair dying for his 30 hair. years. Yeah. yeah. He but, was 93 when he got out of office. He wasn't 93, but, <laughs> but I think um, mentally he was. Um, yeah, mentally. I wonder if he was Alzheimer's. Oh, he was absolutely Alzheimer's was, during it. Oh, wow. During it. That, so that his was, wife just ran shit. Yeah, as clear as day. She's running with the help of an astrologer. It was wow. basically like Wilson was the same deal. Like He had a stroke in office. She was running the, she was running the country with the yes, help of an astrologer. Yes, and think about astrologer. also, she wasn't a smart person. She was an actress. Yeah. I want you to tap any random actress. She was a dumb actress who believed in astrology. Yes. Tap a random actress and go, you run the country. Oh, I've got a lot of ideas. By the way, it shocks me. First how, of all, how many women believe it in astrology? Like last call at 1.30. <laughs> it should be 1.55 if we're going till 2. And I think we should go till 3. You know, there was a city in Florida 
that had a uh, what they did was this is really clever it's a really small town they they ended last call in their city and they raised the taxes on bars to some crazy high level and they made all kinds of money because everybody everybody went to that city like at two in the morning to you know keep drinking oh because so the bars had to be there and uh that was the most clever one-two punch wow yeah new york wins their last call like four no they don't have last call call in new york Uh -uh. that's amazing they go as long as they want to go it's up to each each place god so a lot of places do close and the, the options are way less yeah but still there are like on the lower east side there's only like every couple blocks of a bar you know i'm wondering if los angeles with ubers change that way man that's what my uber driver said today it's ending it's it's making way people drunk drive less but i think it's making people drink more yeah that but you know the, the thing is the unintended consequence of that is going to be less revenue for the city well, you know as much as cities complain oh, about mean, drunk driving they make a lot of money on prosecuting it oh yeah so there is a there's a risk there's a cost benefit analysis because I'm, you you like, can't you got it's, yeah I mean I guess they it's worse can never come out and say this yeah but I think the upshot is going to be more jaywalking tickets oh more right parkings you know they more gotta raise their money they got to raise money somehow the king's got to get his tithe yes exactly they, they need their cash money and some for the king <laughs> no I'm just renting a car some for the king. Hey, render unto Caesar. Just renting a car. What do you want? Like six bucks? Some more for the king. There's like <laughs> nine different taxes on a rental car. Yeah. The rental car is like 17 a day and you pay like 45 a day. Absolutely. It's something crazy. More for the king. So anyway, what else have you made? Gnocchi? Uh, potato gnocchi, you need a ricer for that. A like, ricer. It's a $15 implement that's well worth it. The thing about gnocchi is I love my gnocchi. Everybody hates it. I'm not really good at it. I didn't mind. It was kind of doughy. Yeah, that's the problem. It's a really delicate balance. I don't put eggs gnocchi in it. Is kind of like ravioli but with potato on the inside it's it's hard to explain because it's like it's a potato it's a potato flour dumpling but it, it, you have to do it just right because it's like it has to be light it's just a little heavy and a little light and yeah. you fuck that up you just get lumps of dough which yeah. i always do but i love it yeah uh well you if sh- you make something yourself as a joint yeah exactly we used to my parents used to buy us frozen pizza crusts mm-hmm. uh two in a pack i think yeah and uh and then we'd have pasta sauce and we'd have cheese that we would grate, you know, a block of yeah. like, uh, uh, mozzarella cheese, and then whatever toppings we wanted. And we could just make our own pizzas. And then we. By the it. way, you what? know what you're describing is a labor saving day for your parents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I would burn mine horribly, or pizza bagels. Yeah. We would do that too. I could burn it all, but I would still eat it oh, and, be, and like love it. But if, someone, if my brother made something, burn it, like, hey, why don't you what burn is this pizza? Shit? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's some joy to making it yourself. Whenever I make food, I'm always like, this is great. Now, sometimes it's a little less great than others, but yeah, yeah like I love gnocchi and it's simple to make. I don't even put an egg in mine. It's just yeah, like if I'm making a if I if I'm making um s'mores on a campfire yeah. and it comes out bad where I'm pretty much just throwing chocolate into my, yeah. in my mouth, you know, and with burning marshmallows and then like topping it off with like cracking graham cracker and throwing it in my mouth. Even if it's like that bad, it's still like if I'll get s'mores at a restaurant it comes off a little wrong I'm like, what uh, is this this is unbelievable yeah unacceptable but I even love- if somebody gives you a free s'more yeah that I'm is shitty. not good you're like i don't i don't think so i don't want that ain't the way s'more yeah <laughs> uh yeah there's there's a real lesson of human nature there but my, my gnocchi is objectively not good but i love it <laughs> yeah. uh and uh yeah it's it's what you do is you just uh you get you bake a potato for an hour and then you rice the potato which just means pushing it through this thing that the, a ricer just pushes it through so it's like it's basically like a a screen with small holes in it that puts it into a texture that like can a play-doh be, maker yeah 
Uh-huh. But in it, it, you push it through, and then you mix it with flour, and you roll that into like... Like you roll it into dough, and then you uh, you know roll it into like snakes, and then you cut it and drop it in boiling water. I mean, all this you could go buy gnocchi at the store for put it in steaks, snakes like roll like oh oh, like, oh snakes. Yeah, you buy you can cut that process out if you just go to the store and you buy it. But when you buy it at the store, it's fucking five dollars for a right. package. So I'm like, fuck that. Like potatoes are cheap. Potatoes are very cheap, and flour is cheap. French fries is one of the easiest, best things you can fucking yeah. make. You know the story about Billy Bob Thornton? What? When he was a struggling actor, he was so poor, he only lived on potatoes and then got a heart infection that nearly killed him from it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because they are that. Remember, they, they sell potatoes like 10, do- 10 pounds for a dollar. Yeah, for a dollar. Yeah. Now, they're not quite as cheap still, but they're still pretty fucking yeah. cheap. Yeah. But it was great, though. You just fry them up, flip them. And yeah. then you put them on a paper towel and a plate and let it all, all the oil. It's like get terrible for you in that, like, not even like, you know, nutritionally. It's also like, just like, it makes you fat. Yeah. Potatoes are made to make you fat. It's better than Doritos. But yeah. They're pretty close. In a weird way, they're worse because you eat them as food. Nobody. Uh, <laughs> it's Doritos to fill nobody, up. Nobody's like, mm, gotta <laughs> go get, a, get dinner. Just have a Dorito, a Dorito for lunch. I never got into Doritos. My dad was always oh, fat. Oh, they're great. I don't like them. Me and Sean Miller used to, uh, used to, um, Steal one cover charge every Sunday ah, during potluck. Yeah, and we would because you know we had to start charging people at nine o'clock. Yeah, you coming for nine, you get free. Oh, the old nine o three. But then it was like the open mic is still going. Yeah, it's supposed to be once the paid regulars go up at nine, showcases are paid regulars. But sometimes you're still on employees until nine yeah. thirty. So then you're like, well, we shouldn't be charging people for this now. So we could we a lot of times we still like you know what still the open mic part you can come out and free, but we just charge one person. That carryover time. We just like say pretty much we still would be charging them nothing, but we're going to charge them five for stealing from the person, not the store. That's how we justified it to ourselves. That's a good job. You know One what? cover charge, is- and then we go to Pink Dot and get a big bag of Doritos and a Ben and Jerry's. I never stole from the store. Wow. You know, it's like they stole from you years. What? Stole years from you. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. But, uh, you know, there are a few people that Nick Yusuf never stole from the store. Oh, yeah. I never Harris is always him. mad at him. Oh, yeah. Harris wanted him out because he didn't steal. Dan Bilek never stole from the store. Really? It was always interesting, the people who would and the people who wouldn't. Yeah. And it wasn't the people you'd think. Often it was the biggest jerks were the ones who weren't, wouldn't steal. But Harris, I remember, was so he relied on that money to live. So he had a real problem with anybody who didn't steal. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck, man? You're fucking up my... Yeah, he tried to get me banned, although maybe that was just because he didn't like me. He didn't like me also because I used to do an impression of him. Remember my impression of Harris? No, let's hear it. I should have followed Lubetkin off the Hyatt. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Steve Lubetkin being the guy who jumped off the Hyatt. As a, and to say something. Well, he what? just had mental deficiencies. Who, Lubetkin? Yeah. No, dude, he was fucking Mitzi, and then she dumped him, and he got sad. Yeah. Also, uh, the mental deficiency. Have we talked about this? The what? mental deficiency Lubetkin had? What? You know, in physics, you learn the x component of your velocity and the y component of your velocity are unrelated. So when you are, when you, people think, uh, if I jump off a building, I'll just sail 30 feet out because I'm going really fast, right? Yeah. But the up and the down is not related to the in and the out. So he jumped off the Hyatt thinking he was going to float over and hit Mitzi's limo. But all he did was just go out five feet and then go straight down in the driveway. Right. So like but you keep going out, but then straight, straight down. You, yeah. You don't even keep going out. Really. You just kind of stop and you go straight, straight down. down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's your, you know, you're not going with a strong, like forward you, for him to hit Mitzi's limo. He would have to ride a motorcycle off the Hyatt. 
Right. But nobody took the time to explain to him, <laughs> Steve, you're he not going to hit the through. You're not going to hit the limo. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Harris was not a fan of me, but uh, he was actively he had a problem with Nick, had a problem with me. I remember one of the managers. Here's my first introduction to Harris. I worked the phones for so long, and I was yeah. too nervous to go downstairs to the showroom. Yeah. I was just a daytime worker. The worst I could do was work till nine, you know? Yeah. And you hand it off. And then Chewy was busy kicking you out of the lot. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Get in the movie car. I was like, all right, I'm on the phone. Like, what? What? I'm, I'm working. <laughs> Get out of here right now. But people are calling. Yeah. Uh, he didn't care. Um, but uh, what was I talking about? When you oh, first yeah, yeah. Harris. So I made my down, and then that guy, the Indian guy used to open for Mencia. What was his name? Anand Jackson Purdue. Oh, Jackson Purdue. So I, I saw him. I was like, oh, you're Jackson Purdue because I'd seen the headshots. I'm like, I'm, I'm Ari Shafir. I, I talked to him on the phone. I took your veils. And yeah. he goes, oh, hey, how you doing, man? And then Harris was right next to him wearing a comedy store shirt. He was a door guy. So yeah. I was like, oh, hey, I'm Ari. And introduced myself. He just looked at my hand. <laughs> he just looked at it and said, so? <laughs> Such a mean... That was somebody, I only saw him smile once, and it was when he threw a blonde down the stairs. <laughs> that was somebody who, when he was fired, I was very happy. And when I heard he was homeless, which may or may not be true, I was even more happy. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody claims they saw him near a, uh, a liquor store looking like, sitting disheveled. on the ground, looking, looking disheveled. Yeah. His retirement plan was like bizarre. It was like to move to Montana and live in like Rich Hall's house or something. Yeah. It was really weird, but he did save a lot of money by stealing. I heard he went eventually. I heard he did. You know, who knows? I, I, I wonder that, if we're going to hear when he passes. Uh, I can't see how we would. Honestly, you know how people are going to find out Harris Pete is dead? Huh. They're going to smell it. <laughs> his obituary is going to be written in scent for his people in his building. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Oh, maybe his, oh, maybe his beloved family members will show up and... Yeah, yeah. What family members? He didn't have anybody, huh? No, he didn't. It's like a, that was to me. Harris Pete has always been like a real. He was a mean person. Yeah, but it's always been to me. It's been a real warning sign because he, I heard he had like a girlfriend who really liked him and he didn't marry her. Oh, really? And I thought about that. I'm like, it ain't good. I go, I got to do something. Right in his footsteps. What? You follow right in his yeah, footsteps. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what terrifies me is the thought. I mean, he was the voice of Muddy Mudskipper, so he had more of a career What's than Muddy Mudskipper. Ren and Stimpy. Oh, really? He was the voice on Ren and Stimpy. Oh, mm-hmm. doing something. Yeah. That would get you. That would get you like points in the alt scene when we started. Oh, you had, absolutely! You know like the, that. Remember the story about Harris? The the story where there were three comics in the seventies, and if one of them made it, they all made it. They it was, say we're all going to take care of each other. Leno, Letterman, and Harris Pete. And Did I they never, all make it. What? Did they all make it? Yeah. They, well, the what you know the story I heard was Merritt told me a story where he was did Letterman for the first time, and Letterman during the break said, "Hey, you uh, do the comedy store?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Do you know Harris Pete?" Really? And that's until then I didn't quite believe that story. And then after that I thought, Oh my god. Yeah. But you make it seem like it's like it's some pack made in blood. It was like Yeah, yeah, but what do you want to say? What do you mean? Let's look out for each other. But it's like, oh, dude, I asked you for scripts, you didn't give me any. Who knows what the it fuck? Was it gonna be like there. you get a third of my income? Yeah, I don't I don't know, but it's like one of those things where you Probably know in the background, hey guys, let's no matter what, let's all look out for each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then Harris like, cool. Got I it. Taken care of. Yeah. But you are right. You do need to bring something to the table. Otherwise, you're just that guy. Yeah. And Harris, what he brought to the table was his skills at throwing blondes down the stairs. Even those old clips, he used to show, like they used to show him being gruff. Yeah. Like throwing off some guy who was jumping onto the stage. Yeah. Let's go. He was like PJ, pretty much. Yeah. I guess it's funny. He used to do stand up, and then he didn't do stand up, but he still worked there. Remember, I asked David Tatabam? 
Oh, was it like the joke about the joke? Can I use that? That's a good joke. Can I use it in Vegas? Yeah, I'm going to use that in Vegas. I'm going to use that in Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. He goes, oh, I prefer you don't. And he was like, what? Was, yeah, it's my joke. I'd, I'd rather you not. And he was like, <laughs> really mad at David Teitelbaum. Uh, what a fucking dick. It's yeah, almost this, as if like, dude, you have a thousand Kit Kats. You're not going to eat it. Just let me have one. But in fairness, that was the best joke that David Teitelbaum ever wrote. What was it? Um, you know, saw when I go to Vegas, yeah. I find it really odd. I saw a guy in Vegas gambling in a wheelchair. And you know what's surprising about that is gambling requires luck. <laughs> yeah. Just the way he did it. I was like, that's a great. Remember, Bomb was the Jew on the Arabian Night Show. Oh, yeah. And then there was no more Jew on the Arabian God, Night I Show. God, I wanted that so bad for to be a the Jew while. on the Arabian Night Show? I was show? like, yeah, I should be that. You know, the amazing thing, Mitzi was like a Vince McMahon because uh, when the 9-11 happened, everybody's first thought was end of Arabian Night Show. And that was actually the beginning of the Arabian Night Show. Yeah. And at the same way, I met Sergeant Slaughter when he was coming to the store to hang out with Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. And it was really interesting. And I asked him, we were just talking about bullshit. I, I'm, not a huge, I'm not a huge wrestling guy. I liked it growing up. And You're I, like, how long did it take to become a sergeant? <laughs> It seems like you would just be commissioned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question for, we we're talking about the, like, just like him being a bad guy. And he said, when the first Gulf war happened, he said he was really happy because he said, now I'm going to be a hero because I'm Sergeant Slaughter. I represent America. It's going to be amazing. And yeah. he said, Vince's response was, okay, no, actually you're selling out America. You are a villain now who sides with the Iraqis. And he go, he said, what, what? He said, "She's like, just get the sheik." He said, "It was it's our new sheik. It was huge." He said, "Unbelievably popular. He's getting lots of death threats. The FBI had to trail him into hotels. Really? Yeah, he had to be escorted in and out of buildings." Sergeant Slaughter went to the other side. Yes, and it was huge. Really? And he said that was the genius of Vince McMahon. Nobody else would think like that. Yeah. But in a weird way, Mitzi was right. Like because that Arabian Night show was never as big as it was post nine eleven. Wow. And then, yeah. then it went away. It's a weird backlash after 9-11 where it's like, first you had to like, fuck all the Arabs. And then people were like, guys, guys, it's not all the Arabs. It's a few Arabs from one place. And then people started having this other way of going, guys, don't say fuck all the Arabs. Yeah. They're really, none of the Arabs do anything wrong. And then you have to find this middle ground of like, some Well, the middle ground is people stop caring about terrorism. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, yeah. And then when it happens again, it'll be like, oh, yeah, fuck all the Arabs. They're trying so hard to get us to go to Syria. Uh, it's like, we got to go to Syria. And they're like, no, we're not going to. Like, okay, okay. And a year you know, later, the like, funny hey, there's is, a new group in Syria. We got to get. ISIS is smart. I think they know no matter what happens, you can cut off a lot of heads and we're just going to let it happen. What do you mean? We're not going back there. Who? ISIS. Like, uh, going like, back where? We're not going back to the Middle East. Oh, we're not right. attacking shit. Well, they, they want to start using drones. Yeah, but, you know, like, it's just nobody's. They're, they're only going to do so much. And yeah. ISIS knows that because. Yeah. It was just, it was a waste of Artie's time. I don't know what they're looking for there. What should we just tell us? Like, here's what we want to do in the Middle East. Here's our plan. We're going to overthrow this government and this government. And here's why. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't, you're right. I don't know. Mixture it's not of, very clear what their message Oil, uh, power, shift in power, and we're fearing that, like, just say it all. I think it has something to do with wanting to kill Jews because they do love cutting off Jewish people's heads. That's like a when they can discover a reporter who's Jewish, that's like that's gotta be a great day in the Arab terrorist world. Like this is awesome. Guys, guys. Yeah, it's like opening up a back of tops and Seiko rookie and you're like, Well, guys, his name's Epstein. This is amazing. This journalist that is one, Epstein. Yeah, that one from Florida was Jewish. Epstein, that one, the first beheader. Beheaded. Second one, I think, too. The second one? I don't know about the first one. 
Oh, it didn't come, but the head didn't come off right away. I didn't watch. I watched it. Really? Shivers up my spine. They was like they like chop you off with a sword, but it's not just chop. It's got to be really it's difficult. Chop going about two and a half inches into your neck, and it's yeah. like ah. Uh, well, let's be real. It's uh, it's difficult. It's, it's like, really oh. difficult. Yeah. The head's made to stay on the body. I mean, you ever try to like you know when you get a quarter chicken and you have to chop yeah, the, t- le- the leg off from the thigh? Yeah, it's tough to remove. Like, yeah. I know there's a thing in there's here gristle. where you can just do yeah. it with a fork, but I can't find no. that opening. Um, what's that thing you have for the grill? How often do you oh, grill? How uh, often do you grill? I don't grill as much, uh, but I do. Let's see which thing for the. You've grill. got a great one, the chimney. Oh yeah. Oh, that's uh, the. Uh, that's something really simple. That was expensive. That's to me. great. Uh, what is that called? It's a uh, uh, chimney starter. What it chimney does starter. is when you you know when I was growing up and we'd grill every once in a while, you would do it the old fashioned way where you would you'd put charcoal on and then you'd squeeze lighter fluid on like a whole half it. a bottle uh-huh. and then then it would catch on fire and then but the problem with that is that uh, it there are a couple of problems. One is that you're you know you're burning off poison, yeah. uh, which is a problem. I mean, eventually it does FNS and it burns off. Not a problem. But also, if you want to start, if you want to do multiple loads of, of charcoal, <laughs> loads, you can't, you, you can't keep cooking because you can't put more on and then put the, you know, if you, let's oh, say yeah. you're cooking meat, you can't put more charcoal in there and then squeeze the, the lighter fluid on. So what the chimney starter does is you put it in a, it basically looks like a mug. It's like a giant steel mug. Long and narrow. Long and narrow, you put all the charcoal in there, and then you put paper under – there's a little spot underneath it for paper. And you light the paper on fire, and then it, all the heat comes up up the, the – So uh, it's like instead of spacing it out, you space it up. It looks more like New York than L.A. Yes, exactly. It's all like a – it's exactly. It's like a skyscraper. And so it's like it's like – Ten charcoals high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a it's like a big so the mug of charcoal. But once right the bottom the one, one catches on fire, then that eventually burns the one above it and above that, above that. And Within after fifteen like minutes, three or four minutes, it's all they're all yeah, going. Fifteen minutes, and you have white, you know, white charcoal, and then you pour the charcoal. And you got in. a handle on it, a wooden handle. handle on the it's side, a handle, and you so just pour it all you in. Pour a mug oh. of charcoal in, and it works perfectly, and you never have to worry about like. I had a real problem with fucking lighter oh, fluid. So it would great. never work. It's really simple. And then if you have people over and you're making multiple multiple meals, which I used to do back in the day, yeah. you that's when you use the chimney starter. Yeah, it's great. Yes. Yeah, so those barbecues were pretty good. Why'd you stop doing them officially? Officially and unofficially, I uh Ashley was living with me for a little while. Yeah. And uh we had all her books downstairs and she had these really nice art books. And she said, I'm worried your friends are gonna steal my books. And I said, it's not because it just had happened. She just moved in. She said, I think people are going to steal books. I said, Ashley, one thing I know about my friends, they're not going to steal books. <laughs> they might steal Video a bunch games. of stuff, yeah. but books, they ain't going to steal. Don't leave a nickel out. Yeah, yeah. You don't leave money out. You don't leave a hairdryer out. They'll steal that. Yeah. But books, are, they leave them forever. And uh, wow, we had a barbecue. And after the barbecue, we noticed there were each part of the shelf, there was one book missing. Because the books was really crammed, so you could see like a space for one book, one book, one book, one book, and I am ninety each shelf, each shelf, one book. Nobody, whoever was stealing it, was not stealing because they wanted the book. They were stealing because they wanted books, yeah. and they did it in a way that wasn't conspicuous. They took one from each shelf, one yeah. from each shelf. So I'm ninety seven percent certain it is the homeless person I invited Boone. who sells books. Yeah, Boone. I wasn't thinking. I was stupid. I felt bad. So I told Boone, I said, Boone, if you don't return the books, there are no more barbecues. And Boone said I didn't steal them, but in a way that convinced people Boone had in fact stolen them. Oh, really? 
Yes. Well, I didn't, I didn't steal them. I saw them, and then you know, I you know, I, I don't know. Like he was like, you don't have any evidence of me stealing, like stuff like that. And they're like, okay. <sighs> so then, Boo like, never returned them. End of barbecue. Oh. And when people say, hey, why do you not do barbecues anymore? I say, because Boone Shakalaka. Yeah, but then there's also, because I came up with an excuse once. We're like, okay, why don't you just not invite Boone Shakalaka? No, you know why? It's the Israelis and the Palestinians. Why? You because, brought a homeless person. Again. Who steals for a living. Why do the Israelis have the Palestinians around? Because they do the jobs the Israelis don't want to do. They're picking, the Mexicans Picking sunflower seeds. Yeah, exactly. Well, Boone... They let him into a fula. Boone helped me clean. That was oh, why right. I had him. Because it was... Without in, him uh, taking away the bottles. Yes, the bottles. Well, he wouldn't take He's bottles. regular greed, man. But the cans. All the recyclings. Yeah. Recyclings. He wouldn't take bottles. That's the one thing he wouldn't take because... Too heavy. Too heavy. It's not worth it for the, the space. Cans. He was he'd all take over. cans. He take plastic bottles, and Pretty so much that, throw that can on the ground. And when you have a barbecue, it. you will discover cans in places you didn't think they were possible months later. <laughs> I learned that when I was living with Bilac. Like if if you anywhere anywhere there could be a can, I'm still finding cans. Really? It seems unbelievable. You'll find them in like bars, like in the house. You're like, how did it end up there? <laughs> Do you know you're not allowed to bring um, bottles to like some tailgating places? Because they'll use them chuck them, yeah, weapons. Once I had a, they took at you. This isn't even like a bottle thing, but once after a barbecue, I was flushing the toilet and I noticed it wasn't really flushing that smoothly. Oh, what? I'm like that's weird. I wonder what it is. So I thought oh, I got to, I got to, you know, plunge it, but it wasn't plunging. Then I go, oh, I got to snake it. So I snaked the toilet and I pulled out a pair of sunglasses. Wow! Somebody had flushed an entire pair of oh, sunglasses. Wow! That was what it was like to have a barbecue. Yeah, I, like, eh, I just won't say anything. It went, it went down. Yeah, I think uh, they were drunk and they dropped him, but yeah, they thought, Yeah, oh. a bunch of drunks. Faverman fucked on Sean Pulaski's bed. Oh, uh, who They're did one he fuck on I don't know. It doesn't matter who. The point thing was he, she walked, looked in like, get, get out of there. Yeah. That's my <laughs> bed. I'm opening up my home to you. Sean Pulaski's method of barbecuing was, I'm just going to buy a lot of KFC. Yeah, buy a she lot of She used to do great cakes, July 4th parties. Uh-huh, sandwiches. They were great. And then one year the cops decided we're going to start breaking it up. And then they started breaking them up earlier and earlier. I think the Beverly Hills neighbors complained because yeah. they that was the end of the barbecues. All right, all right, be quiet, be quiet. Yeah, fucking, they just used the police to enforce. Yeah, those were good order. because, well, they, look, police are there for rich people, and Sean's neighbors were rich. That's what it is, rich people. Yeah, that's, well, there's reason there's rules against stealing. They're moving into these, like, gentrifying areas in, in Brooklyn now, yeah. and there are these parks that have had, like, everyone goes there to cook out. But it's like deep in the barrio. Yeah. You know? And they've been going there for generations almost. And then the, it sort of becomes gentrified and the rich people move in and they overlook this park, which they love overlooking the park. But Get then on some days, yeah. the, 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 they're like, the smoke is going into my apartment window. You got to do something about it. Like, no, that's, you moved into here. We've been doing this. Look at the beach, man. Look yeah, and the they beach. tell them, like, get out of here, public drunkenness. They do whatever they can. LA's version of the beach. Like, the beach in Malibu, they want it private because they don't want poor people there because poor people love the beach. You know what they do at pool halls to get rid of poor people? Excuse me, black people? Okay. What? They play classic rock. Is that really what does it? <laughs> yeah. They're like, we want a certain clientele, and we can't we officially say anything. We want poor white people, not yes. poor black people. Yep. We have a certain standard yeah we have a certain standard of poverty to maintain in a weird way that's like the way they'll play music to get people out of cults well, the end of comedy shows too with the brilliant improv they used to blast fucking pop music oh that makes blast so much it. sense and people were like that is talk exactly how they like get leave. people out of compounds and then they lower it down and they can clean the tables that's a really good it was just uncomfortable way. to talk otherwise yeah. you would just sit there for an hour that's a really good point because you've been drinking we don't got fun. time for it yeah those barbecues sure were fun though they really were, and then. But to be honest with you, I'm kind of happy. I don't favorite do memories of the barbecues. I remember when Moses brought over those crazy like 
goat Moses things. Robinson brought over a fish head once and goat. The fish head was great because he just put it on the grill standing up. And people would walk by and go, what in the world is that? Nobody ate the fish head. Yeah. Moses didn't bring it to eat. He just brought it to bring put it on. to barbecue. It was good, depending on who ran it. Favorin did bar. Favorin ran Favorin, it once. Favorin came out with his with his table. Oh, he fabulous. is the best at at, at barbecuing. The, the, I, he came once out of maybe seven that I had, but it was by far the best. He, the food he makes is incredible. That was the one where fucking uh, the great one fucked up so bad that like suddenly he got control of the of the. Of the you uh, know how he got control? Because he showed up, and yeah. I said, "Run the barbecue." And so and he, he would like it. flip. Bur- it was like burnt on one side and froze on the other. He had a, a knack of just like ruining. What did it. you do? And, and by just, the like, way, I it's had, like he didn't even know what it was supposed to look like you know who had no complaints about the great ones grill work you me why everybody complained because i somebody else could run it i'm not going to run the grill yeah he showed up he ran it when cheeser would do it it'd be good cheeser was very good it was in order of quality favorite was at the top cheeser was second what favorite obviously was the best yeah and then everybody underneath cheeser was like a a fraternity chef but the problem is these guys they don't want to come up to a barbecue and run your barbecue so they do it once in a while but then most of the time they had other places to be they wander off yeah. yeah and i can't blame them but they, those barbecues were quite good. But there's, that's the way comedy parties are. Remember the best comedy parties when we were starting out? Escajeda? Escajeda. She didn't have anything, just beer. It was, but it wasn't so much food. It was just great parties. And yeah. then... Plenty of rooms to go to. Upstairs, downstairs, Yeah, it was a back. great place. There's a house. Then that's where the I talked to your baron friend. Or what? That's where I talked to your baron friend. Oh, yes. And then also the second best uh, parties after that were... The next parties were Nick Schwartz's roller parties. Oh, great. Those ended. seven dollar cover, yep, and worth it. Remember free, the, free drinks. He was held up. You remember that story, right? Yeah. What happened there? What? What happened there? Well, in fair, that was at the that roller rink is where the Crips were formed. So it wasn't formed. the best area. It yeah, it was on Venice and like La Brea. Venice and La Brea, and uh, it's not the best neighborhood. No, it since got out of business, but somebody oh, did. Yeah, world of world of wheels. It's out of Aww. business now. But they somebody figured out. Oh, this guy is throwing big roller parties. I bet he has the money. I think somebody at the rink sold him out and said, "Oh, that's the guy." Really? Yeah. So then they held him up. And Put a then, gun to his head. Yes. And then that didn't stop it though. Like he did one more after that, and I think he just tired of doing it. You can never tell who's going to run a really good party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were amazing because in terms of like the difference between the status level of the top and the bottom was Napoleon Dynamite came to one of those parties. Vince Vaughn came. Adam Sandler came. Yeah, and the, Adam Sandler came and Open Micers came and it was all great. And nobody bothered. Nobody was like, Adam Sandler, oh my God, can I get your autograph? No, it was, it was just really like, cool. uh, I got to go for It was skate. just really they cool. They skate. They had pop and shot. Yeah. So you could play basketball against each other. I remember once you were, you were talking to Padgett Brewster. Remember that? No, when did I- you were talking to Pat? It was like you were in a group of people. You're talking to Patrick Brewster, and mm-hmm. I walked up and I said, "Oh, hey, Ari," and I ignored her because I'd met her once, and she, did she date talk somebody, Patrick Brewster. She was dating that magician, Derek Hughes. Oh, right. So okay. she was with, but this was—I think they were single. She was—that's probably when I. That's how I knew her. Yeah, yeah. But she was. So you were just chatting. It was a group of people. So I, uh, I walked up. And I acknowledged you, but not her. And I'd met her once before, and you could tell she didn't know how she knew me. Yeah, because I'm. She's. I did like a short film with her, and I'm weird looking. But, but so all she knew was somebody she knew she knew, who was ignoring her. Yeah. So she rolled up to me after like an hour, and said, "Why are you ignoring me? Why are you being such a jerk?" Wow. Yes. And an hour later. Hour later, she. Why are you being such? Because I had apparently seen her in the supermarket and ignored her again because you know. <laughs> uh, so I'd seen her supermarket like before. It's too pretty for you to not ignore. It, well, yeah, it was also like, why is this guy ignoring me? Yeah, it was the second or third time I had done it. Most I thought, I don't know, or what the fuck am I going to talk to her about? 
So she rolled up to me and she's, why are you being so mean? I was talking to Morgan Murphy. And I remember this. Morgan, yeah, Morgan was thought, there too at those parties. What? Morgan was at those parties. Yeah, Morgan. But I remember Morgan thought that that meant that Paget was unhappy with me. But what I realized was Paget was rolling up to me saying, please be mean. Oh. I find it interesting when you are mean. Right. So then I was just a jerk to her. And Morgan could not under it did not compute in her world so people are mean to me they're just mean like yeah, yeah. Well, people are mean to you they are just mean yeah. but she lives in a different world yes it was really could not compute because morgan was incredible she was incredible at climbing climbing like the thing she did something at that roller party i've never seen before since what what we're all in a circle i yeah. find myself in it that was the neat thing about these parties you find yourself talking to a bunch of people you don't really you know. go outside to smoke yeah. You go get a drink. Or you're just or you go play around. video games. Yeah. Whatever it is. It's me and five people in a circle. Yeah. And uh, Morgan rolls up. And as Morgan rolls up, I realize something. The other four people have real careers going on. It's four people that have a lot of stuff happening. And David Taylor. And right. I could not have less than these people. Right. And Morgan rolls up. And she... It's all, we're on a circle. Morgan rolls up and she puts her arm on my shoulder and she's leaning on me. And I was like, that's really weird. That's not like Morgan. I'm the one person who has nothing going on. Why would she do that? And I realized, oh, when she has her arm on my shoulder, I'm the one person she doesn't have to look at. Right. She can make eye contact with everybody else. Wow. And I'm like, God, that's a really clever now, do move. Do you think she even thinks that out? No, I don't just think. just naturally goes to Morgan Murphy was to climbing what Jim Painter was to assault. He, he was just great at it. Didn't know why. Jim Painter used to do this move where he'd grab a woman's stomach. And I was like, oh, Jim, it's fascinating you do that because it's between genital areas. So it shows vulnerability without actually being an assault. And he said, is that why I do it? <laughs> it's, it's the fascinating thing in Los Angeles is meeting people who are good at what they do because they're compulsive. Because they don't know why. They don't know why. It's weird. Remember Stephanie Escajeda? I was, trying to, I was running the open mic. And she came out to me. It was very, at the very end where it's like I had yeah. three comments left and I had to hand it over. There's uh-huh. no time. Back then you had to stop it at 10.15. Yeah. You had to do your time at 10 and you had to hand it over by 10.15. But uh, she's like, hey, all right. She put her arm around me. Right when some guy's like, all right, thank you. Yeah. Good night. She goes, hey, all right. Hey, do you think I can go on with her hand? And I'm like, Stephanie, you never put your hand around me. Yeah, don't you do, do this. you do it to order for asking me for a favor, it embarrasses both of us. I was like, I was like thank you, good night. So I like left her immediately. And man, yeah. that was like a two-week fight between me and Duncan. I know. And she was dating your friend too. Like. Honestly, she was, you know, it's funny. You see the people who are good climbers, people who are great climbers, yeah. and the people who are like bad. She was a bad climber. There's nothing sadder than Escajeda. a bad climber. Escajeda was a bad climber. Bad at climbing, you're right. You, you see girls at the store, there are a lot of bad climbers. And the, then you see like the greatest climber of all time. If there were a Hall of Fame for career advancement, who do you think the best climbers? Let's see. Hold on. Morgan was good. The best climber of all time and like a Michael I, Jordan of climbing. I don't think I th- I say you're going to put Whitney, but I don't think Whitney so. Whitney is the Michael Jordan of climbing. I don't think so. Yes. I'm not saying she's untalented. Yeah. I'm saying she's the Michael Jordan but of climbing. But climbing is a different thing than than Here's talent. why what Whitney was amazing at. What? Uh Whitney was great because she recognized and you can see bad climbers and they don't realize this. Like a great climber realizes you don't just climb by putting your hand on the rung above you. You climb by putting your foot on the rung below you, too. You use the people underneath. Oh, yeah, she was nice to everybody. She was nice to everybody, and she used everybody. And that was, and using a bad term, she employed everybody's skills. She right. made, And that's why she was an amazing climber, because she was great at the, using the people underneath. And you see people show up at the store. Um, and she they skyrocketed. Were, yeah. It was like when Neil Brennan showed up and I was like, oh, that's the guy who co-created Chappelle. She was already like, hey, Neil, how you it, doing? I remember talking to Tommy. I'm like, like Tommy, why are you not giving Neil spots? And I said, I want you to look at it like this. You give Whitney spots and look at whose ass she's kissing. Yeah. And then 
you know, not because of me, but then Neil. He started doing it. Neil got spots for Tommy. I mean, who Tommy else is the big climbers? Uh, greatest climbers. Whitney was incredible at it. I have nothing but respect for her. Morgan was really good at it. Uh, it's not even a bad thing. It's a good skill. Oh no, to have. no. It, it, when I say it, it sounds like the we saw Morgan. We were upstairs at the Improv. Like yeah. it was too full, and we saw, and it was during the where they're working out for funny people. Yeah, we saw Morgan go to in order every famous person in the bar. Make their way around them. It was like Jonah Hill was there. Oh yeah, and great. Seth Rogen, or Seth Rogen was there. I don't know about Jonah Hill. And then uh, uh, the tall guy that was bald, Posein. Posein. Yeah, she managed to go to all of them. You could just trace her around the room. Me and you were watching it. From it was top. it's it like, amazing. Wow. Yes, it was like a family circus. Yeah, where that arrow oh, yeah. goes, that, like that, where that, Jeffy that. gets into trouble. Um, um, yeah, little Esther. Little Esther's great at it. She the problem is the Astro has a real problem and that is she um she burns everybody else she so, burns the bridges definitely. so the problem with that is that like, she climbs like a hot air balloon by setting yeah, exactly. people over on then, fire to create the exactly. heat but then the problem to... is those things hit power lines and everybody dies <laughs> she's a she is a short term good climber but long term bad climber um I'm trying to think here of people who off the top of my head who's uh, are there any really boys good. that are climbers uh you know Dean Del Rey is really good at it. Dean Del Rey is Dean's good at, at climbing. You know, the problem is when I say it, it, it sounds like I'm criticizing. Sounds like a bad thing, yeah. Sounds like a bad thing. Like, I want to make this clear. I do not think it's a bad thing. Some people are just better at being fa- friends with famous people. Uh, eBay is great at it. Really? Yeah, yeah eBay's incredible at being, at being a... Wow. eBay, you know my joke with eBay is I'm like the world... Because there's social climbing, too. Well, it's in eBay's case, it's like my theory Natasha is... Natasha likes social climbing. Oh, Natasha was very good at it. It wasn't oh. about the business, but if you saw some like highly respected chef, she'd be talking to him. It was a weird thing about Natasha. Is I remember asking her, I'm like, Natasha, how do you not have a bigger career? Yeah. Uh, you, every, you laugh at everybody's jokes. Everybody likes you. Everybody what likes you. What are you doing at Omnipop? Yeah. And then next thing you know, she's doing quite well. Oh, yeah. She left Omnipop. Yeah. And it, it's not a sexual thing, too. It's like women who try to use sex to climb. It does not work. It's like an asexual thing. Yeah. The best at it are people who are good at making you feel good. And it's not a sex thing. Could be sex, but not really. Could be sex. But honestly, sex, the problem with sex is that using sex to climb is that you got to put up or shut up. And if, right. you, if you promise sex and you don't deliver, what about Chelsea? people where, hate where'd you. Where uh, Handler? Yeah. Uh you know, I don't think she was a climber. I think she just fucked a lot of people, and one of them happened to be. I, you know, in fairness, it's easy her. to say that, but she sure seemed to fuck the right. You know, she fucked a lot of people, but, but she also fucked the wrong people. Dude, people shit on Chelsea like, oh, she slept away to the top, and I'm like, she just slept. Honestly, though, think about it. She stayed with the president of uh, NBC or wherever, like E, for a while. Yeah, she, she did. didn't just fuck him. She didn't stay with the door guy. She fucked. No, and, that was those were dudes she fucked. You know, that's another, that's a great case. I love when that picture when that video came out. I was like, oh, it's a video of her. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. We all knew about that. I talked to her family members about it. Everybody yeah, that's knew. That's right. And I respect her the way she did it. Was people, like, you want mo- we, you want to give us money for this? She said, no. No, it didn't hurt her career one bit. Yeah, it's like that won't slow me down. That worked is almost like paraphernalia. That was like uh, that was merch for her. Didn't even like help her the way Kim Kardashian helped her. It's almost just like here's another thing. Yeah, yeah. Like no, an interview she was in already known. Kim Kardashian. That was like, who's this girl getting yeah, pissed on by Ray J? Yeah, she peed on her. Is that? How do you piss with a boner? Uh, well, that shows you they're doing it for a while, I think. Oh, you right. Know? I don't think. That is tough to do, though. In the morning when you have to. I had to pee in that show in Brooklyn. Oh, yes. During the show, in the middle of the set, something I've never seen before. And the funny thing is you did it like right at the end where it's, it seemed like you could get to the home stretch. And you must have really had to go because I mean, you I only did like go. 10 more minutes of material. Yeah, I had to go. 
that was a real sign that you really had to. Because otherwise, you wait. Like longer, like drops and, and step ups because like I had to like double over instead of like yeah oh yeah, yeah. Like, and I went you know go to my knee I'd be like going all the way down to my ankle and- I, I had a relative like this is not like it was like early 20th century who died when her bladder burst Tico really? Brahe the famous astronomer with the silver nose died of a burst bladder stuff happens there was someone on the Simpsons like that where Abe was like I gotta go I gotta and Homer's like what's gonna happen your bladder gonna burst and then you see the doctor's office I've never seen an actual burst bladder that before. happens that happens from holding it Holding it too, and then the problem there too is that's all waste product. So once that gets in your body, it's tough. All oh, right, you know it's really there's real. no way of like getting it back in. It's like no, uh, all, you know it might be a way to. The problem is when people are dying of burst bladders. That's when hospitals work great, but it <laughs> seems like it's tough to come back from. David, what are you going to try to cook in the future? Uh, what's next? In by the way, this is, this is the, my father did. He would he would he would experiment with something with a food for a while until he got it right. Would do you do that? What's yeah? I'm trying to think here. What the next thing is? You know what I really like to make? Because like is Noki, the first you did it the first oxtail. time. It's not the way you do it now. Oxtail, oxtail. oxtail like oxtail we stew. had at the Momofuku. Apparently, a hundred hour oxtail in the sous vide is incredible. Very good hour. Hundred hours. That is wow. A lot of time. Probably oxtail's not that expensive. Uh, no, I just have to find it. Oh, it's like anything that you cook for a long time in the sous vide usually isn't a very expensive cut of meat. Also, I want to make really good short ribs, and I've never been able to make Short it. ribs. Short ribs are apparently amazing, and I've never made them well in the sous vide. Bar- oh, really? They just don't come what out that short ribs? It's just bone-in ribs, like little right. you buy them at the supermarket or bone-out. Like, I've Ra- never- like a rack of ribs? You know, you, you know what I, the next uh, culinary challenge for me would be? Pizza. Yeah. I want to make really good pizza. Now, my friend has a pizza dad, oven. That's what my dad did. Really? That's one of the things he got into. He, did, got, he got into the stone. The stone. Yeah, yeah. But you have to. The problem with pizza is if you want to make pizza, there's two types. There's deep dish, which is amazing, but you, it's like a cake. Actual good, like New York style pizza, you need to get it to like 900 degrees. So you can't do it in your oven. You have to do it outside, and you have to like get a grill, and you have to put like an attachment on the grill. It's a whole thing. Oh. And you have the stone. Well, he would do it in the oven at like 500 or whatever Yeah, but the problem is that to make but it really stone, good at Yeah, and the problem with the stone he discovered is then the pizza would stick to the stone. Yes. So then he had to coat it with flour and he had to keep experimenting until he was like, The okay, problem too is that if you make it at 500 degrees, it doesn't, you, to make it, you have to make it 900 degrees because it has to be hot enough that it cooks all the way through, but quick enough that it doesn't burn everything. Right, and right. 900 degrees is the sweet spot. That's why, or 800 degrees, there's that restaurant in, in Westwood called 800 degrees that makes it perfect. At that time. At the yeah, you need it to be, but home ovens don't go 800 degrees. They, you can still cook it pretty good. You cook it good, but to make it like really, really good, you need yeah. it incredibly hot. And to do that, you need the grill outside and you need like an attachment. Yeah, but you're not going to get that though. You could uh, actually. There's like a thirty dollar attachment. When oh really? When I come into money, that's one of those things I'm going to get. When you come into money, when I come into money, I mean, if we sell something, right, right, right. Um, so you're going to learn how to do short ribs and you're short to ribs to pizza. and pizza are the next few things for me. That's also, because I have a yard, so I can make stuff on a grill. That's our doing uh, sushi also. Ooh, how's that? It's great. You know the wasabi and the. And the it's soy tough sauce though and to and cook it to cut it just right. All, yeah, but you just cut it. Like that's a that's you make a the rolls skill. and you chop them down. Well, the rolls are the, the tough part. It's cutting the fish in just oh, yeah, the right yeah, yeah. way. Like yeah, that's I don't know how he does that stuff. Because think about it, like bad sushi is easy to find. Oh yeah, you have to like have a real skill. Yeah, is is his sushi good? Yeah, and vegetarian sushi too. You know, you put those like vegetarian rolls together. Yeah, you know they say with sushi is that when you get sick from sushi, it's not the fish, it's the rice. Oh really? Yeah. Because oh. they're freezing that fish to kill everything in it. Oh. It's the, but the rice is where shit lives because you keep it out for long enough. 
Yeah, then it goes bad. That makes sense. Um, How did it go from cooking to climbing? I don't know. Really takes a discursive turn. It's like an internet search. You get down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We went. I don't know. You know, what? when I'm doing oh, your Morgan, podcast, like I feel Morgan. like I'm stoned. I remember one time Morgan came into the improv. Do you remember that? And it was when I was looking at that girl Annie from the used to be like uh, Zion's girl. Yes, and yes. I was staring at her. She was so hot. And, and Morgan gets in the middle. She pops her head up. It's like hi. I was like, ah, oh, get out of here. And her response was, "What was it? What are you, David Taylor? Oh, I've become a brand name for awfulness. Yeah. When people come up to me, they go, Hey, uh, David, uh, I channeled you. It's never like I gave money to a homeless person. <laughs> yeah, I challenged you. It's like I, I helped an old woman across the street, I which said, I both I said cunt to a stranger. Yeah, exactly. I do those things from time to time. That's not what you're known for. No. And probably for the best, because then I'd have to do it a whole lot more if I were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that Mark Twain quote about the easiest way to sleep until noon is to develop a reputation for waking up early. Why? Because once people accept your one way, you can get away with the other things so much more. I used to wake up early, Minion. Yeah. uh, In uh, Yeshiva. Yeah. You pray right at the first moment you're allowed to pray. So you get it done for the day? No, just your morning service prayer. Were you and, required to do it, or did no, you it's going extra? I would do that for a while. Felt really cool, and then I would like you know I'd sometimes go back and sleep in. So I start learning while they're all praying. Uh-huh. Feel better than them, and then I just started sleep, not going to the early prayer, and then just say I went to the early prayer. <laughs> Nobody ever called you. On no, it. I was like yeah, I went, and then I just went back to sleep. <laughs> and then one time, some rabbi came in. It was like, did you go to early prayer today? But there was something in his voice, and I was like. No. No, I didn't. And he was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to call me on it. You were going to call. You went today. He was getting the great joy of being religious, which is punishing other people for not being as religious as oh, you. Oh, yeah. That's what you want. That is your reward here on earth. Yeah. You get to look down at others. Yes. Heaven, who knows that that really exists. But being religious here and now. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the reward. Uh, David, where can people find you? You're not on Twitter. I sort of am. I How have often do tw- you tweet? Uh, I've tweeted like once in the last week. I don't tweet oh. that much because you write something clever and then you're like, what, "What's your What's your Twitter thing?" At this David Taylor. But to be honest with you, Ari, where else can people find you? Ah, uh, you were to have a fan. How would people become fans of yours? It's like, a great question. If someone were to come in from this and be like, "Oh yeah, this guy did that other," one. I don't I believe really like they will. After listening, how can they follow up? Uh, if you come Have to you the comp- any option comedy store Friday and Saturday nights, I get late spots at one o'clock. Well, one o'clock because Paulie got upset with me. So this goes all over the country. But tell me saying- to come to the store. I'll probably be on about midnight. Okay. You know, or if if people want to, if they want to find me out, they go on Twitter at this David Taylor, and eventually I'll start tweeting again. I go through phases, and if you want to know more about me. I guess I'll start a podcast. Go to your local library. Yeah, I, I was thinking about starting a podcast. I've just been very lazy about Maybe it. You can do that couples one. Yeah, and then nobody would do it. You're right. You're absolutely right. You said there won't be enough couples to do it, and you were 100% oh, correct yeah. on that. But in a way now... You have I, to get two, people that are okay with each other. Yeah, but the know, problem with that is so that's few. not an entertaining podcast right. because you want conflict. Yeah. Like, that's what I thrive on. And I don't want to create... Yeah, if you got, like, couples. Brett and Eliza, they're like, no, oh, I was on the road too much. It was just became weird. Well, also, they would never do it because right. Eliza cannot gain any benefit from doing my podcast. <laughs> yeah. She would be a bad climber. Um, she's doing my, my uh, storytelling story show. show? Yeah. Good for her. I'm sure it's going to be a great story. She got catfished. That, is a, that story is pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, but you know the funny about being catfished is nobody ever owns up to the fact that the reason they're catfished. fish. Yeah. The reason they're catfished is something in them. Yeah. You know, Tiana, the way I was explaining about Tiana, is like, what do you mean? She was waiting. She wouldn't have a boyfriend until she got a, a hero. Exactly. A, that a was literal. That is her. She was punished because. And the funny thing about her, Tiana, was when she was being catfished, everybody was happy to hear about it. And you know why? Why? Because she was using that imaginary boyfriend to punish other dudes. Like, oh, yeah, you're not a real man like my imaginary boyfriend. <laughs> so once that imaginary boyfriend proved to not be real, everybody said, good. Oh, wow. That says a lot. Nobody was like, oh, that's really too bad. That, that No, a lot of people said it's too bad. The people who knew her? I don't know. The people who knew about it beforehand. People who she was using she to She was talk. throwing in their face like Tebow. Yeah. Yeah. And once that happens, people say, oh, okay, let's, I'm glad. Hubris. Tragic flaw. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it is the Hamartia, Hamartia. I never knew. Tragic flaw. Hamartia, Hamartia. I don't know how to pronounce that. Somebody tell me. I don't know. Hamartia is how you write it. Hamartia? H-A-M-M-A-R-T-I-A. It's the tragic flaw that in Greek tragedy. Hamartia? If it were... Hamartia? Yeah. If it were Probably. Yiddish, you'd know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. How can people find me? Well, uh, yeah. How about send David some of my recipes online at Twitter? Uh, this David Taylor. You could do that, but... Uh, Would you take somebody's recipe for something? What about pickles? Do we ever make pickles? Oh, those pickles were good. We made pickles together. Yes. Yeah. Those were real. I still have the pickle That's jar. My grandfather's recipe. Here's my question. Yeah. I have that pickle jar. We made pickles like three years ago. Still use that, Brian. You think so? I think so. It's not bad. I lost my dad, but yeah, I think. Ask your dad, that, but I, I'm not joking. The same it's brine. It's pickled brine. It's almost like becomes like. Okay, ask wine. him because I want to do it again. Yeah, I think you use that brine, and then it's been three years, so maybe not. It's been like, a long. But I think you just throw time. the pickles in that brine. It won't be as full because a lot of the brine gets. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, but you can. But is it like sourdough starter where you? Yeah, I think like that. Find out because I'm happy to use it. Yeah, you should do that. Somebody, my, my former boss... But you remember the pickles you have to get, the right kind of pickles, the Persian cucumbers or the... Or the yeah, we'll the, have to do a special trip when you're back yeah. in L.A. for one of your many TV deals. For the winter. I'll be here for the winter. Now, here's my question, Ari. Yeah. Why didn't you cry during this one? Um, because it I wasn't. mean, we talked about the comedy store the way it was. Where, was the te- where were the tears? I wanted some crying. I know, Dave, for me to get into, to act... Uh, to be able to draw tears, I have to really get into character ahead That's of time. That's the funny thing. Yeah, with, with Ashley, what I used to do is when she would start to get emotional, I go, wait, I can do this. I can cry too. And then I would try to cry. And, uh, I mean, I, I can do this. I know I can that cry. Breaker, we're like, fuck you. Yeah, she'd be like, you are disgusting. Because I'm like, I know I can cry also. But I you're like, never, you're fake crying, Ashley. I could never quite get it. No, she was really crying. Yeah. But, but then I would be like, I know I can do this also. And then she was like, you are a disgusting person. But I usually stopped her crying. <laughs> How, are you guys on again now or off again? We are off again, currently. Okay. She, uh, she is currently in a never-talking-to-David-Taylor-again phase that I think could be permanent. Yeah, you've thought that a lot, though. You know, it's bad, and her sister's solution is you should propose marriage, which is, uh, you know, really... Why don't, you? Why don't you? I have no money. So what? You don't need that. Yes, you do. And by the way, I'm not far away from proposing marriage, but a couple I, hundred I, dollars. I don't have, like, buy a ring money. That's what, that's what Ingram said. Same thing. I don't have any money. What am I, what am I going to do? I'm not now against he, now it. Now he's happily married. Yeah, the problem also is that when the solution to relationship troubles is proposing marriage, yep, that's, that's a tough. bad sign. That that's like having a baby to keep the marriage going. <sighs> yeah. I have a losing hand. Time to just put all my money in and hope that nobody else fucking calls me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not even against it at this point. I'm broken. But I think she doesn't want to marry me. 
The reason I say that is she has told me, I don't love you. I don't want to marry you. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Louisus. Yeah. So we'll see if, if she sticks to that. Well. To that story. Yeah. But you asked her dad's hand in marriage before she before he died. That's a whole story. I don't yeah. want to talk about that. Fair yes, enough. I did. I did ask. Now her mother, yeah. on the other hand, has threatened to taser me. So if, if you if you marry her, no, no, no. Just in general, oh. I showed up at her place, and her mother came out and said, "I didn't know who you were. I have a gun." And I said, "Oh, I she didn't goes, know who you were." She's. I thought you were some like uh, just a criminal, like somebody breaking in. I have a gun, but then she kept telling me she had a gun. And I'm like, she said, do you want to see the gun? I'm like, yeah, I'll see the gun. So she pulls it out. And you can tell she wants to use it on me. I said, that's not a gun. That's a taser. She said, it'll still kill you. And I'm like, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> but you can see the funny thing is she, she wanted to use it she on you. really wanted to taser me. Oh. She was like real excited to taser me. <laughs> that's the problem with tasers. You know they're not going to be like. They're lethal every once in a while. Every once in a while. But you don't know nobody thinks of them as lethal. They're so like a go, baseball so off the chest. I can just do this to you and you'll just be a good prank. Yeah, because the heart people, is electrical. People equate it to one of those things you put in your, in your hand and you handshake people. Oh, yeah, like a joy buzzer. Yeah, yes. the joy buzzers. No, the heart has an electrical component. But that's, how they, that's what they think of it. They think it's completely fine. That's also why kids will die every once in a while and get hit in the chest with a baseball. Oh. Because. If they get hit at just the right time, Shorts them out. stops the heart from beating again, and they just fall over dead. Oh. And there's nothing you can do. Oh. Yep. To, anyway, well, the mom wanted to taser me. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, David. Thank you for having me, although I feel bad. I feel like this wasn't as entertaining a podcast. No, it was good. It was fine. Fine, man. Just fine. Yeah, we had a lot of meandering. We didn't have that much cooking talk, but that's okay. No, there's we still really, got to it a little bit. I feel like, you know what? If you guys want to cook, you want to know about cooking, you should ta- you should um, tweet at Scott Hansma or email Scott Hansma. Why, he gave you a recipe? He is the CTO of a company called Salesforce, and he is incredibly knowledgeable about I cooking. I spell Hansma. H-A-N-S-M-A. He is an inc- he's a really successful Asian? guy. No, white. Oh. Really successful guy. Yeah. Uh, again, he's high up at Salesforce, which is a very successful company. He's a great guy. He knows so much about cooking. Wow. Email him. Okay. Find his email, maybe at the company, and send him a an Twitter email. address? I think he has a, a, I don't know if he's on Twitter, but if he isn't, then, then send him like a Facebook. <laughs> um, he's going to be really unhappy with me about that. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. But no big deal. Yeah. These are the kind of things you're not allowed to say on a Comedy Central show. What? Oh, you contact like my this. friend Scott Hansma? Yeah. They'll be like, no, 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 no. Because, yeah, he would come out and, you know, he won't sue because he's really, really successful. Yeah. But he will probably say, why are people contacting me about cooking? Fucking Hansma, man. Yeah. The guy's great at it. Um, okay. You know, in fact, you know what? what? Don't what? follow me. Follow Ron Yang. <laughs> follow Ron Yang. I thought he's a dead one. He's still alive. No, Ron Lips. Okay. Ron Lips. Who died? Who committed suicide? Brandon McAdams. He is dead. He's been dead for like 15 years. He was on your rowing team or your trivia team? Rowing team. Do they have a list of the subways? They have a picture of... Um, uh, you take the subways a lot when you're there? Yeah, a lot. I love them. They have the uh, academic team. Oh, I saw that. C-U-N-Y. Yes. Yeah, and it's like... Top 30. One third white. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. white people. You're about to be done. It's weird too because you think, why are you... If you're so good at academics, why are you going to this school? Yeah. Go to another school, man. Yeah. But I guess it's... you know Scholarships. Poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Incentives. Yeah, but Brandon we'll was let your father out of prison if you play for us. Yeah, <laughs> what was that? What, what, what was that from? That was is that Scott Spike Lee movie where Ray Allen? Oh, he got game with yeah. uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. There was a girl from my school who was in that. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh yeah, because uh, they had an acting department. A really good acting department. She great was, acting, great science. Great acting, great, and nothing else. Yeah, 
I think also good architecture too. But oh, like yeah. really weird subgroups. Okay, looks like we're done. Carnegie. How how long do we do? It's an hour and forty minutes. That's about right. People are gonna quit around the, the forty five minute mark. My friend, by the way, said, Hey, I'm a fan of Ari's podcast, but could you tell him maybe you don't do them for three hours? I said, That's how he does them. Yeah. But that's uh sometimes they go to the top, it goes longer. Yes. Now I feel like I didn't have a really compelling thing like my experience with electroshock or my experience. Well, the next time we're on, show. we're going to do this because I want to do this. I figured it'd be an easy one with the cooking. Yeah. What's and, what's the next one we're going to do? Of why you're, why you've been an asshole for so long? Uh, you know. No, no. Next time. I don't really think I'm an asshole. All right. Well, come on, please. You must know at this point. No, I don't think I am. All right. Ask. Go to the comedy store and ask the door guys. Is David Taylor an asshole? No, not to everyone, but you have that capacity to be just a. a jerk yeah absolutely i do yeah we'll talk about that i feel like that's the one that's we should have done can we cancel this cooking thing no. and do another one no no well we have that for next time when i'm back for october no let's cancel the cooking this was terrible let's talk about being an asshole there's no cooking it was not canceling i've got this done now and i, I feel I like this should, like this was not worthy of your audience's time you're not worthy of my audience exactly time. that's what i'm saying that's the point i'm making oh all right okay good point now next time this okay. one's going in it's fine. This one's fine. Uh, by the way, I the apologize. It's a middle of the road podcast. It's yeah. fine. It's good meanderings. It's fine. Okay. It's not a bad one. It's middle of the road. What it's was not a bad exceptional. One? What was a bad one that you did? Well, one that I haven't played yet about a, a uh, it's a few bad ones. Give me like the worst one you've ever done. One that you were like, I mean, I do like a hundred of these. So I got to throw it in and I did yeah. it. I feel like I've, have, I've, I've buried a couple where I'm just like, that wasn't good. I just don't air it. I'm like, I can oh, air really? it because I'm like, well, I should have recorded it. But then I'm like, this is actually worse than just not having it. I feel like, Ari, I feel like honestly, how long are you be in town? I'm leaving on Wednesday. But I've got, so I've there's got to Tuesday. Work, I've got to work on all day Tuesday. And all day what Monday. day is tomorrow? Monday? I'm working tomorrow. Tomorrow Sunday, too. right? Today's, Today's Sunday. Sunday? Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah, I've got to bank two of these. David, this one's over. It's not going to happen. I feel like the asshole thing is a great one. That's a great yeah, that's topic. Well, we'll do next time. Okay. That'll give people something to look forward to. Yeah, that's what you want to say after a really bad one. Hey, there's more of this. <laughs> look, your fans are your fans. By the way, it's incredible how loyal your fans are. They're pretty cool. People. You were like the indie band of comedy. What do you mean? Death I was thinking about this. I, I was, get away with rape. No, bassist. No, that's the athlete of comedy. <laughs> no, well, who's that guy from Death Cab? Wasn't there? Oh, Death he didn't Cab really do it. No, that was actually the flip side where some woman was so crazy she's accusing him of rape. That was Connor Oberst. Oh, and she dropped that. There was someone from Death. Oh, Cab who or, actually or, did rape? Yeah, and everyone was like, eh, "That's the next it. level All of the fame." Hipsters, like we don't we don't talk about that. He's like the Packwood of uh, Packwood. Bob Packwood was a senator who was very into women's rights and women's issues. Yeah. And then it came out, well, he's a little creepy. And they were like, we're going to give him a pass. Oh. Nobody ever called him on it. Wow. Uh, you're like an, I was thinking about this walking down the street. You're like an indie band in that you have reached a level of fame where people who know you are very excited about you. It's possible. People have no idea why those people are But excited. it's possible you can break. That's another thing, too. You've reached, you have a core audience. They love you. They'll come to see you. But then also, you could definitely break bigger. But you have like a following. I don't want to break. That's a problem. I do want people to come to my shows. I would want to break. But I do love anonymity. I like walking down the street and just looking at people and not having to like, I see the way Rogan is. I see the way certain people are. And it's like not having your just alone. Yeah, but you know what? You don't want to be MC Hammer selling CDs out of your car forever. It'd be nice to really break, make a lot of money and then, you know. Yeah, I guess like Cash Burr, it in. Burr is okay. I would love to break. 
because also I have the sort of face that is so unapproachable that even if I broke, people would not come I, up I to I really me. want to be, um, like, really, if I could be anything, I'd be Daft Punk. Oh, you're going to do comedy with the fucking visor over your face? Yeah, I'm saying if I can make that happen. And you know who does that? Show. You know who did that? Oh. Boston. Boston? That band sold more albums. Than nobody knew what they were? No, nobody. Can you name a single member of Boston? I can. Tom Joe Schol- Satriani. Tom Scholes. You know how I know that? Because my friend is a huge, huge Boston huh. fan. But if he showed up, I think he's dead Tom now. Tom Scholes. Tom Scholes. He went to MIT. Yeah, I don't know any of them. The point is this. They were a huge band, but none of them were famous. They That's sold great. tens of millions of Perfect. albums. Perfect. You say that, but here's the problem. What? You would also love it if you were very famous, because really hot girls would show up. That and part's them- a nice part. Yeah. But overall, more times I'm annoyed by somebody... Middle of a good conversation, somebody stopped me. Excuse me, can I just tell you 10 things about yourself that you already know? Oh, I... While I'm having a good conversation with somebody. And then it's like, oh, Ari, man. that's why it's... That's why if I, I ever become... girl, if I, I become successful... If I ever became successful, I'd never have to worry about that because people would say, oh, that's David. He's, He's a jerk. He's an approachable jerk. He's yeah. an unapproachable jerk. Dice gets away with that, too. Uh-huh. I did that dice trick where you know the camera, you turn it off to the side to take a picture of only the person when yeah. they want a picture with dice. Yeah. I did that with Ren and Zizi. Really? With a digital camera. It's tough with digital because they look They came right up there. an hour later. They said, you took five pictures of just me. I said, you look great. <laughs> yeah, Dice handed me the phone, one, the camera once. He's always like, no, no pictures. I no stole pictures. that from Dice, yeah. And he stole it one time. He's like, yeah, I'll take a picture. Ari, you take the picture. And he hands me that camera, but he just, as I go to take it, he doesn't let go of the yeah. camera. <laughs> he just holds it and looks at me. For like one second, two seconds, three. And then he lets go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I was like, I took it. And then I gave it back to people. They're like, thank you. It was, it was right before digital. Yeah. And, um, and then they left. And I wasn't going to say a word. And then they left. But Dice goes, did you get me in it at all? And I was like, no. <laughs> it's like, very good. <laughs> he was so good at that. I was that. just guessing. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? I don't know. It was incredible. I did it with or digital. He, or he'd make people take the picture right in front of that back sign to the belly room uh-huh. where it's that bright light. Oh, so yeah. So it all just get like With digital, out. the thing is that like I just did, did took the picture and then put it to the home screen. And they came up an hour later and go, what's your fucking problem? Uh-huh. And I, I was, I, Steve was gone. And it made me laugh. I saw somebody looking at Steve when we were walking to his promo for his uh, special. Yeah. And uh, just staring at him. I was like, dude, that girl was into what you got. Uh, it's incredible. No, yeah. but then he goes, no, dude, I'm famous. She didn't recognize him from the league. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, those are the same thing. Right, right, right. But it was just, as it was, she was walking with somebody else. She was like staring at him. I was like, wow, that's overt. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, people refer to Steve as his character name. Like, Kevin. I, uh, Kevin. Like, somebody saw me in, uh, in the league and they say, it was you and, and Kevin, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Steve." I worked in on Steve. He had with some trailer when they had the, their their character names on when he did Big Day. Yeah, and his character Scobo, Scoba, Scobo. Yeah, and then there was another character named Steve, which was one of the one. Of the so you went to the wrong. Guy. Yeah, and I just burst in. I was like, "What's up, motherfucker?" And it was that dude from uh, Kurt Fuller from Ghostbusters. Too? Yeah, from yeah. like I, I no, and the one I was thinking of was Groundhog Day. No, he wasn't. Who a said, watch out for a step? It's a oh, the wrong one. The other guy, Ned Ryerson, Stephen Tobolowsky. Stephen, Stephen, of course. Maybe that. Stephen Tobolowsky. It was Steve. that or Kurt Fuller. It, it, was, Kurt it must Fuller. have been Steve because it was yeah. Steve on the trailer. Steve. Yeah. And so I just walked in. I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. He was like, what are you looking for? <laughs> this is on a lot, movie lot. And I'm like, um, Steve Renazzisi? Is he? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here, he's. Yeah, Fuller and, and Tobolowsky apparently were, were rivals. They're friends and rivals where the story was that Fuller did the Ned Ryerson Groundhog Day character 
in the table read, and then they gave it to Tobolowsky. Oh, yeah. and said so be more like this. Yeah, it's weird when you're going for the same size parts. Those people are fuller. Apparently, between. yeah, always is. Like Christie had that problem with what's his name with that redhead guy. Oh, Seth Green. No, no, no. no. Oh, the, the Shermanator. Shermanator. Yeah. Then what happens is sometimes people graduate, and then like Jack Black, it was like. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jack Black were in the same roles. Then one of them got really famous. Remember the guy who's the pirate in um, in um, Dodgeball? And for a while, he Joel was my, David Moore. He was my arch nemesis. Yeah, and then he got real successful. Like, hey, you think that guy thinks about you anymore, Ari? I'm like, no. no, I guess not. That dude <laughs> is. That dude spent ten months shooting Avatar. Wow, okay. that's right. That's right. He was in Avatar, and I was up for a role in that. Yeah. Now you could probably get another that. guy. Now you you might be Avatar level, or you could get that role. Two weeks in New Zealand, it would have been. Also, the money. That thing made $900 million. God. So you get a cut of... I wonder how much worse of a comedian I'd be if I had gotten that role. It would make no difference. You don't think so? Are you joking? It would make no difference. Having some money? It would make no difference. You've had money. You yeah, would... but not that kind of money. No, you... you the you, most you... I made before this was eighty grand in a year. Yeah, you'd be fine. Your, your success or failure is not based on how much money. You've always had enough money from yeah. what I've seen. And, and never it's never affected out. your quality of life. You would maybe eat more mushrooms, but probably not. You're not like Carboni. Mushrooms don't, don't cost a lot. Well, then there you go. You, you don't get, you really... get for two people, you can get 30 bucks. You don't care. I mean, long. your quality of life tends to ramp up based on money, but it doesn't make a huge difference. Yeah, I just eat at more of Foucault places. What like else would more. you do other than stand It's mostly just food. That really doesn't affect your stand-up. Thing. It's not like you're going on doing other stuff or yeah. doing less stand-up. I've lived in the same apartment for nine years. Things that uh, cost people stand-up, I've seen, Relationships. not been money. It's pussy. Kids. Pussy's all, yeah, and kids, too. Yeah. But it's never money because you have to make a lot of money. I always put pussy stand-up. in the back burner behind stand-up. So it's always like this fight of like, you don't, you don't think I'm important. You just treat me like an object. And it's like, no, no, it's not. I treat all women like that. It's always a fight. It's like you're always going to be second. Yeah, that's by the way, you tell them so that. So you think I'm ignoring you. I'm just ignoring my social The life. problem is when you tell them that early and then you date them for a long time and then they throw that in your face for years and years. Yeah. Maybe that problem may be the fundamental part of every relationship. All right, David, this is done. It's done. Um, thank you. Really, yeah, thank you. I've been doing most of those things I'm supposed to That was the episode. Um, thanks, David. He wasn't very happy with that episode. He didn't think it was good enough. I, for my part, was tired from shooting the show. And I did not get to some of the good questions. Like, how does uh, making a new dish make you feel? What's a sense of accomplishment and stuff like that? Those are the questions you usually get with me. I failed you, everyone. Well, it's not that bad. Um, I am going to do another one with David about being a jerk because he has been one for a decade or more. He's better now, but he's been one. You know those people that are like, why is that guy so mean all the time? That's David. I've been his friend through all of it, but you know, when those girls tell me all the time, like, why are you friends with that guy? He's an asshole. And I always have to be like, yeah, no, he's an asshole, but just, I mean, not to me. So I'm okay with it. Anyway, we'll get that. Um, 
So that's it, everybody. I'm on my, I've finished the, the fucking storyteller shows. Those went great. Thank you to everyone for coming. Um, the intros are going to look sick. Jeff Tomzik, he's a director. He directed the, uh, the, the, the web versions of This Is Not Happening also. Uh, you know those cool openings, the one where the first year where it goes around the bar and Sean Patton and Kyle Kinney and all those people are at the bar, the Walsh brothers. Uh, and then the second year with the fight, the crazy fight opening. So this is what he's doing. He's such a fucking ballsy director. We're doing eight episodes on Comedy Central. Eight episodes. And we tape some more that are just going to be on the internet. Um, but eight episodes on Comedy Central. He made or is making eight intros do you understand what that is i'm not tuning my own horn here i'm tuning tom Zix. like okay you remember how the cosby show had a cool opening and then like every year they would change the opening and it'd be like wow new opening every year. he's doing eight for one year eight different weird cool openings for one season of the show that's just, that's just ballsy. That's just ballsy. I heard uh, Flaming Lips did an album once. Zinga Malama Dooney? No, that was somebody else. Who was that? Um, but it was four albums, uh, each played separately. Um, fine, you know, you could listen to each of them separately and they'd be good. But if you play them all at the exact same time, um, they would come together to form a Voltron-like fifth album that was more powerful than any alone. I never got it and listened to it, but shit like that is like Jesus. So he's making five episodes, eight episodes. I mean, eight intros. Um, yeah, it went great. Don't forget, you guys check my. Um, Go to my website, arethegreat.com. You can get all the music information. I'm not responding to anybody on Twitter anymore when they say, what was the music for, the, for this week? I'm, I'm not responding. Just go to my website, and it's all there. Um, like I give it to, I'm not like saying Shazam it or doing anything like that. I'm saying I, I give it to you. It's on the website. Um, it's arethegreat.com. It's got all my tour dates, uh, my Copenhagen shows that are coming up, uh, London, um, Dayton, San Diego, and Appleton getting ready for the special on October 29th. Calgary is a lot of fun. Um, and also, don't forget to give me this, some of those submissions for a um, tour shirt for 2015. 2015. Yeah, I need a new shirt. Um, so if you have a cool design, send it over. If you've got an idea of a design, you know, before you want to color it in, send me the sketch on Twitter or at contact at arishafir.com. Um, I'll look at it, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you if it's like, eh, it's not something I'm interested in to save you some work if it's like going to be real uh, intricate. Um, I still do very much like make, like making a new shirt every year. All right, you guys, that's the episode. Um, I go on with it. I got one day in New York doing a bunch of errands, then right off to Copenhagen. Just know everything's doing fine down here. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Lunch Bye, everybody. Lady Land. <laughs> well, I wear this net on my head. Cause my red hair is falling out. 
I wear these brown orthopedic shoes Cause I got a bad case of the gout I know you want seconds on the corn dogs But there's no reason to shout Everybody gets enough food down here in Hello's Lady <laughs> well, yesterday's meatloaf is today's sloppy juice <laughs> And my breath reeks of tuna And there's lots of black hairs coming out of my nose <laughs> In lunch, lady land, your dreams come true Clouds made of carrots and peas Mountains built of shepherd's pie and rivers made of macaroni and cheese. But don't forget to return your trays and try to ignore my gum disease. No student can escape the magic of large lady land. Oh, Hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders, navy beans, navy beans, navy beans, hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders, navy beans, navy beans, meatloaf sandwich, sloppy dough, slap, sloppy dough, sloppy dough, sloppy dough, come on, sloppy dough, slap, sloppy dough, you die, sloppy dough, slap, well, uh, Dreamt one morning that I woke up to see All the pepperoni pizza was a-looking at me It screamed, why do you burn me and serve me up cold? I said, I got the spatula, just do what you're told <laughs> Then the liver and onion started joining the fight And the chocolate pudding pushed me with all its might And the chopped suey slapped me and it kicked me in the head It's called revenge lunch, lady said the garlic bread I said, what did I do to make you all so mad? They said, you got flabby arms and your breath is bad then the green bean said, you better run and hide. But then my friend Sloppy Joe came and joined my side. He said, if it wasn't for the lunch lady, the kids wouldn't eat you. You should be shaking her hand and saying, pleased to meet you. She gives you a purpose and she gives you a goal. You should be kissing her feet and kissing her mole. <laughs> so... Now all the angry fools just leave me alone And we all live together in a happy home Thanks to Sloppy Joe, Slap, Sloppy Joe, yeah Sloppy Joe, Sloppy, Sloppy Joe, you got Sloppy Joe Sloppy Joe, come on Sloppy Joe, Sloppy, Sloppy Joe Well, me and Sloppy Joe got married <laughs> Got six kids and we're doing just fine down in lunch, lady. Land.